And it's nine Here and we're we live. Here we are. And I'm going to get Here my bang report. Gentlemen, salutations. Hello, Phil. You kicked the shit out of that hurricane? Please. <laughs> it, it walked past the state. It kept popping its shirt. Knocked to the side of the shoulder. And it was like, you know what? It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. And then it got back in its vehicle saver and drove away. <laughs> it's 1987. Buick Saver, blue on blue, possible convertible top. Meanwhile, Billy's side of the state was like, what the hell? We're waiting. We got a couple showers that were like less dramatic than thunderstorms here. That was just the trash talking from like far away, like across the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, you better walk away. Yeah, that's all it was. That's what that was. Like Joe Dirt yelling at the uh, the old guy with the oxygen tank at the fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you much. better keep walking, smartass. That uh, when Hannah hit us, I guess what two or three weekends ago. For some reason, we were so lucky. My house and my neighborhood <clears throat> kept power. Everybody around us was out for at least twenty four hours. Oof. We got real lucky. Hey Chris, that's a nice hat, man. Yeah, I like it. Yo, any y'all? Hey, yo, my man Billy. I heard I, one on the street got one. Phil, do you wear hats? I do. Oh, I'll send you one. Yeah, any of the guys that wear hats, I gotta get y'all. I gotta get y'all hats. That was get not, everybody rent. That was not my way of asking for one. I was legitimately like just commenting, like, "Hey, look, hat looks good." You know, I know, I know, I saw Billy's. <laughs> Fresh. Yeah. Hit me yeah, up. DM nice, me. Man. South Texas Snake Daddy uh, underscore six nine six nine at yahoo.com. <laughs> That's it. Classy. Oh man, so I got to I got to meet a scrub python this weekend. Oh I was, yeah. I was gonna ask you when you when you got that, but apparently it's not yours. No, no, can't can't have them in city limits. Mm. Uh, but it was at the it was at the show. Uh, what a what an animal, man! What a specimen. Yeah. What kind was it? Uh, so the, the, the guys that were selling it were really sweet, but they were, they were importers and they didn't know, uh, it was like fresh. It had been in the States for two weeks. Uh, okay. but it was really clean and really pretty. I think it was a Barnett. Uh, it looked like it, Bill, are you the, you, you saw that picture? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's very, very light for Barnack. I mean, it could just be like farm bred mutt, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's a gorgeous animal. It looked more Southern to me, but I, I I have a hard time telling, to be honest. Like, I'm not the guy to ask. It, it, in person, the the creaminess and the kind of ir iridescence they have, it's beautiful, man. Yeah. Stellar animals. I uh, They had it just like in a 20-gallon aquarium. And, dude, that thing was on. I mean, it was looking at everybody that was walking by it. It, it, it knew that it was in a glass aquarium. See, that sucks, man. I wish, like, I wish... I know it's kind of hard to do, but like whenever I see something like that at a show, I almost feel like someone should make like, um, you remember those like little cardboard boxes that you would put on front of like, or not even cardboard, what was it? It was like that accordion material that was on the old school cameras. Oh, and so you can like look in it to see it? Yeah. So like, just like, I wish that people would have like a little viewing port, you know what I mean? So like yeah. you'd, put your, you'd put your head underneath a, a black canvas or a black sheet or something. And, and there's a little LED light in there. So like the snake just sees the black walls 
and then yeah. you put your face and maybe he just sees your face for a moment and it isn't stressed out by the show. Yeah. What up, Blondie? Hey, what's up? Hello. You got to speak in the microphone, girl. No, he's, uh, she's muted. Oh, she's, oh, yeah, look at that. She's oh, muted. yeah, you're muted. We can't. We can't hear you. There what she are, is. What are we talking there about? We go. Are we talking about Whatever scars talk or snakes? About. Snakes. Oh, I have crap tasting both. <laughs> but the fact that you partake in both is exquisite. I don't. I don't. Justin's been trying to get me to smoke, and I'm like, he's like, come on, it'd be so cool. And I'm like, no. Yeah, I need you to take that that sentence and replace cool with sexy. Yeah, that's usually what he says. I was just kind of yeah. editing it. <laughs> this is this is a family show. So we can say sexy. I don't know. I don't smoke either. So. You what? I don't smoke them either. Oh. So yeah, I get it. Billy has enough sex appeal that he doesn't need to smoke. Not saying that you don't. I'm just Congratulations, saying. Billy. Thank you. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> At least Phil is uh, cognizant of that. So. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> so so, what's your taste in snakes? What kind of snakes do you like? Um, you know, really, the only snakes that I like are those little gray bands Justin had for a while. They're so, they're so little, so cute. They're, all, they're really pretty too. She they are. Good. They are really. Cute. They have a nice color on them, and um, they were just like super easy to handle, and they didn't get freaked out. And so, and then we'll turn to have a great attitude. <laughs> but um, Justin has. Um, I call. I think his name is Biggs. I call him Big Al, and he's the Brettles, and he's pretty cool. He's oh, like the, yeah, yeah. the friendliest snake I've ever seen. Like he's so chill. He, he's like a the, like a lap dog. He just wants to hang out with you. That's awesome. Yeah, I, you know I can't have boas and pythons where I live, but rattles would be on my list for sure. They're really neat animals. Justin probably has a few. I think wasn't isn't that what he was breeding? He got eggs from. No, no. it's little snakes that look like cats. Is it the cat snakes? No, those are the boigas. Those are the boiga. That's what it is. I think the green boy. We got we got green ones and we got brown ones and we got ones that look like cats. That's all I got. Okay. <laughs> I'm on a I'm on round two for my Calibri V cutter. This is my second one because I lost the first one. Yeah, we oh, out here oh. <laughs> making moves. Oh, good job, Phil. That's a nice cut. Yep. Pac-Man. I'm ready. (laughs) Nice, Billy. What are you drinking, Billy? Uh, Summer stuff. Nice. Oh, nice. I've had that before. It's good. need to get my libations going for the evening. Hold on. Yes, sir. Woo! Uh, This evening, I'm smoking the Tabernacle again. Look at that majestic fast. Oh, yeah, that takes me back. What's that? That takes me back. Oh, yeah. Justin's <laughs> about to start smoking another Roma Craft. That's really right. nice. That's the go to. Victoria. This is uh, a glass of 50% Hendrix gin, which I know, I know, shouldn't smoke cigars and drink gin, and 50%. Monster Copper, the mule one, the Moscow mule one. All right. Love the ginger. Nice. 
Isn't that technically a Kentucky? No, Kentucky mules with bourbon, right? I believe so. I yeah. don't know. I'm not so. a big bourbon. I can't drink gin either because it makes me want to fight people. But that's that's awesome. <laughs> just one time. Well, Antonio, 1970 Hoyo de Nicaragua. These are awesome. Nicaragua. Beautiful. Good. Beautiful. And yes, Justin is gorgeous this evening. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dominique. Mm. Oh, he's, he's back. See you later. Does he have to be? Does he have to be? I said he's back, and Bill said, "Does he have to be?" I don't know. I know. He's, he's got some hype music going, so I think he's well, ready forget, to chat. I forget that he listens to music while he's interacting with us. Always, or is that a new thing? We, we don't know. It could have been from the beginning. We'll never know. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same music he had on earlier when he was playing. A, what video game were you playing earlier? Destiny. Destiny. He was on Destiny earlier. I thought he, you like, he was running in place. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm always like, I come out and I like do a rave dance or something when he has it on. Because I'm like, are you hyped? Are you are you pumped? Are you into this? Is there a bang on the death there somewhere? You're gonna do this. You can't complain about me being up late. There it is. When you're gonna yep. That's our man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. He wants to talk to you guys now. Of Bye. course. Bye. So Chris, I got a question. What's up, man? So I was going through your page. I didn't know you had Baja rats, or I did and I forgot. I do. Uh, I have a female uh, Big Sur uh, from Bill Hughes. Um, it's Bill Sur, our Big Sur locality. Hi. And I have a, a pair you. of uh, Bay of Conception F1s uh, from a buddy of mine. They're actually in Florida right now because we're waiting. I, I, I got them like a year ago, but we're waiting for like perfect temps to ship them. But yeah, Baja rats are cool, man. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm uh, sure, you know. They're cool snakes. Chris has all the rats. All of them. Good. Except for Barrett's. Except for Barrett's, because Justin got to wait. Got to get him from the king. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. The king would be able to hatch out a clutch without cooking him too much. In time, my friend. In time. It takes time, yeah. Yeah, the the Baja rats are um, really, really neat, really placid animals, but they are extremely frustrating. Uh, They're like... Did you just open my tub to check on me? I'm gonna throw up for the next three weeks. Uh, so, they're uh, they're so secretive animals. They don't like being held. They're they're not like they're not nippy. They're not whippy. They don't run around. They don't bite. Nothing. Uh, but if something like disrupts them, they're off kilter for like a week or something. It's really weird. Uh, huh. And they probably have the slowest growth weight rate of any animal I've ever seen. That's weird. And a colubri. Yeah, they're funky. They're, they're, it's anything from the Bogotropus family, that, well, the two species in it, Subox and, and Bajas. Uh, as far as my collection, uh, they are totally different. Everything about them is odd, right? The way they kind of handle everything, smaller meals, uh, their interaction, their their reactions to things, they're, they're just very peculiar animals. They definitely fall outside the realm of, of a typical North American rat. I like it. That makes me like them even more. It yeah. is. They're cool, man. They're, they're, they're like little tiny pythons almost. Uh, 
They even yeah. feel different in your hands. It's funky. Huh. Yeah, I'm interested in them. They're they definitely caught my eye. So it's 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 definitely a species worth giving a shot. Hmm. There it is. Well, I didn't know hey. if that was supposed to be for an hour for in a few minutes when you yeah, had. Yeah. I gotta be honest. I couldn't remember what the hell they looked like. So that was for me. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Adults, adults are kind of doo doo snakes. Yeah, but I love doo doo snakes, man. I'm yeah. all about the muted brown and earth tones. Look at that. Bad snakes are the best snakes. Look Dude. at those eyes. It's literally a the eyes of a psychopath. It's a king brown with the head. I like of it. Pecos. Yeah. It's it's a yeah. king brown snake with the head of a transpecos. I like it. Yeah, they they they're neat, man. They're 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 one worth really putting some attention and time into. And I'm excited to work with them, uh, but at the same time, kind of a little a little nervous, I guess. You know, I don't don't want to mess it up. They're really hard to come by. Uh, yeah, they are. Yeah. As far as Bajas go, I think I know three people breeding them. Uh, one guy has like three or four pairs, and none of them went this year. Uh, well, this year was an off year for me. You know, I, I, I tried that monster mule, and it is actually very good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Justin's uh, Justin's going to get some subox here in a couple weeks. Yeah, I saw some today. They're all males. That doesn't surprise me. You know, that's something yeah. the book talked about. Um, is that when you see them, like when people find them road cruising, like eight times, nine times out of ten, it's a male. Like female wild cuts are very hard to find because females just really don't travel much. Yeah. <clears throat> my, 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 my female and my male are the same, uh, same age uh, from two different clutches. They're Davis Mountains locality, which is kind of the most common uh, stuff. And mine just mm -hmm. are specifically Wild Rose Pass. Um, and they go back to Dusty Road stock. Uh, man, and I, I, there's another guy who actually produced them. Uh, the female's probably three times the size of the male. Uh, she eats every time. She doesn't care what you do. She's, she's placid. Uh, the male is just really nervous, doesn't always eat. Um, and plus, they eat small meals. One thing with the Bogotrophus is, you, and everything I've read, you don't want to feed them too big of a meal because they will immediately regurgitate. Uh, hmm. It's kind of a just a thing about them. There's this man, that whole that whole just group from that general area, man. It's like another planet. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. John, uh, my my buddy John was over there not too terribly long, a couple weeks ago, and he found. Uh, some emery eye over in West Texas that are really neat looking, really sharp, cool patterns. How are those Texas rats doing? <laughs> they eat great. Uh, they, they, <laughs> they pound food. Um, they, they do not want human interaction at all. That is, those are testy <laughs> little, little critters. Actually, they're big, they're huge. They uh, look big from the pictures. They're, the the male's over five foot. The female's probably a little under. Uh, from what I've heard, females stay a little smaller in that species, just from that that group. Um, man, I, I I didn't realize how far those things. Huge range on them. Huge range of tons of different colors. So they're gonna be. 
I mean, but they, they settle right in. They're pooping normal. They're they're eating normal. They're I mean, actually, they're eating very aggressively uh, on frozen yeah. dogs. So that's that's perfect, man. I'm I'm gonna get them nice and strong and pull them off in October, which will be just about time out of uh, quarantine, and then put them down with everybody else middle end of November and give them a shot. That's awesome, man. That's a cool project. When you sent me those pictures, I was like, wow, these things are, these are really nice, you know, as far as wild types go. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was impressed with them. They, you know, I've seen a lot of Texas rats. Uh, there's some from Cad, uh, Cadmium, Texas that are real pretty. Uh, but I've never found them in my county that pretty. But it just so happens this one little area, uh, which is Farm Road 666 uh, and Farm Road 624, which is Blunter, Texas, there, there's a there's a little population of them. They have that super bright yellow, kind of like a yellow rat snake and a bird's got a baby kind of thing. Wow. Hmm. That's cool, man. I'm pumped. Yeah, I want to get some bucks. Like I said, if I see if I see some at Daytona and they're not stupid expensive, I don't know. They'll be there. Yeah, they will. Yeah, they're they're usually I'm afraid because I really just want a pair, and I'm afraid that if I get some, I'm instantly going to be like Bairds and be like, half my collection is going to be Bairds and Subox and hey, and then you're gonna have, you're gonna want different localities of them because they all look a little different. And then See, I don't know. I really phases. like the silvers. The silvers the most are what I like. And I like the blondes a lot. Um, you know, the ones you have. Um, you know, I just they're all, all a lot of white on them. I'm really not super picky, but the silvers are just so cool because it's it's like a photo negative of a of a sub you know? Yeah, the, and the let's see here, the silvers are exantic, and then the blondes are like that pattern hypo mutation, and then I think you can do a silver and a blonde together and make some spectacular looking thing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So I don't know too much about them. What's the deal with them not being more available it seems like the popularity is there they're not easy to breed from what i understand they're they're not like corn snakes where you just kind of cool them and throw them together like they they do require a little more sort of finesse um eggs are a little tougher yeah and i mean just like the bears small clutches high demand low supply you know and they 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 never really do well from the wild if they're large I guess that's one of the big things in the book, uh, Dusty Rhodes' book. Uh, Wild collecting on them, you really want to try to find small animals. Uh, that, and you yeah. want to give them a solid like year plus to really get into the groove of captivity and stuff before you breed them. From- yep. Well, that sounds yeah, like most wild-caught stuff. Similar to rock rattlesnakes in the same area. Yeah. And they're also, care-wise... I feel like a lot of people will jump into them and kind of take them like, like, like just to say, kind of like a corn snake and, and you want to be a little lower on your temps. Well, I mean, I keep my corn snakes and those at the same temp, which is about 80 uh, on the hot side, uh, but tons of ventilation. Uh, they, they immediately run into issues if they don't have enough ventilation. Uh, same thing as the Bajas. The, the, that, that's, that, what, that, that's what Chris was saying on the podcast the other night. You know, all his Nerodia, he's like everything, just tons of ventilation. Yeah, it's it's really important. You'll you'll get into like, I'd say like your emery's. Most of your typical rat species, they don't really care. They're kind of bulletproof. Mm-hmm. Uh, like my my fox snakes and stuff like that. They're I, I feel like I could really do anything with them and never have a problem. 
Um, but you, you, I mean, Salvox are one of those species that will uh, like immediately go off feed. You'll, you'll know right off the bat if something's not clicking on them. And, and because you'll, if you have them, you'll notice the kind of inquisitiveness of them. If they're off acting, they're one of those snakes that if it's acting off, you'll kind of know. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, mentioning Daytona. Um, yes, I, that's something you want. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys heard. Uh, so there was the official press release that I think, Billy, you showed me from, from Wayne Hill saying that whatever the state guidelines are is what the show will follow. <laughs> if, you know, if the state's at you know 75% occupancy and they deem that, say, 3,000 people, is that 3,000 guests? Is that, you know, staff included, vendors included? And then the question is, you know, obviously the hall is within the convention center. And they have big hallways that, you know, go throughout the convention center. Are people going, is that 3,000 people for the building? 3,000 right. people for the hall? Are people going to have to wait outside in the blistering August sun? So I was, I actually was just bullshitting with Jay Eaton today. And he, because he's obviously vending, and he had mentioned that out of more curiosity, he called the hotel that we all stay at, the Hilton Resort on the beach, and just played dumb like he wasn't vending. And he's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about coming up that weekend because, you know, I want to take my family to the beach, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, are the restaurants open or the bars open? And basically the hotel guest services said that almost every single bar and restaurant in town is closing up at like 10 o'clock at night and they're only doing like 50% occupancy. And then all of the bars and restaurants inside the hotel. So the center bar, that Mexican restaurant, uh, the cantina bar outside with like the patio furniture and everything, those are all closed. The buffet will be open for, I think for breakfast only. And then the restaurant will be open at night for like three hours. And that's the only place where you can buy booze. And then apparently that patio where we all sit and hang out with those chairs and tables and everything, gone. What? So hopefully they get their heads out of their butts and they let us do something because there's going to be a lot of people standing outside that they're going to have to control or going to be a lot of people in a lot of hotel rooms. Well, I always yeah. bring my own stuff anyway. So I was going to say, it sounds like a perfect excuse to bring your own BYU. Yeah, and, but again, it, that's that's all good and, and great. You know, we all bring our own booze anyway. That's not a big deal. But the fact that we can't sit out back and smoke our cigars and schmooze and mingle and drink with our cohorts from across the continent, that's going to be pretty poopy. We just all bring towels and lay on the beach. Yeah, right. Stairs we can <laughs> sit on. Yeah. Watch drunk guys fall down. <laughs> or we can do room hopping. Do that too. Uh, this local show that was going on uh, with the Herbs group, I, I didn't actually go to the show while it was open. Uh, I had given my, my table to another guy who had a lot of animals, uh, so he, he could use two tables. And me and uh, my brother just went to go help him set up. Um, and, and we left before the show opened, but they were they had some very strict rules, even in like a convention center. Uh, actually, it's at a fairgrounds. Um, and all masks had to be on. If you took your mask off, you were kicked out immediately. No questions asked. It's a thousand dollar fine in, in, in my, my county right now. Damn. Uh, wow. So so yeah, they were they were pretty strict about it. And uh, talking to the people that vendored, it was it was pretty small. Nobody showed up uh, as far as buyers, right? Like clientele. No, yeah. a lot of vendors showed up. Uh, right. That was cool to kind of go and visit with everybody, but 
nobody, nobody made any good sales on that side. So, so Billy, how was Repticon today? It was good. Uh, did um, you go? I did go. I didn't get a chance to talk to Mike though. He was he was busy. No, uh, but it was so they put it in a different building, a bigger building, where they usually do the gun show, and uh, everything's spread out. They do it in two-hour blocks. So, like, if you wanted to go, you have to buy tickets on the website and say, okay, I'll get there right when it opens at 10. You can stay from 10 to 12, and then they shut it down for 20 minutes or so, and then the next block comes in. And then they do that till the show's over with. Interesting. Uh, most of the vendors said that they did well yesterday during the first block, because that's when the series people came, they knew they wanted to buy something. And, you know, they get there right when it opens, they go buy, and then they're out. Then the rest of the time, it's just casual people that just want to look around. Uh, me personally, and I was talking about this earlier today, it was kind of the saddest Tampa show I've ever seen as far as what was there and stuff. You know, uh, I don't know if I'm just more and more getting away from the common stuff of seeing the same thing from the same guys every show. But, uh, I mean, there's a couple cool things, but nothing, uh, too crazy. What's up, hen dog? All right. Hmm. Well, at least, at least people were going, at least vendors were going, you know, feeling yeah, I mean, people were making money. It wasn't like a, you know, a terrible thing. There were still people there. It's just right. Well, here and that makes me wonder if Daytona will be a similar scenario where a lot of people don't go because they think that it's just not going to be worth going. Um, I know judging from the comments on the show's Facebook page, there's a lot of people that are planning on going and seeing there's like a handful of people that are like, they wait for them to post so they can tell them how horrible they are for carrying on with the show and mm. Well, that's it's the internet. If you want some entertainment, go look at the the NRB Facebook page and look at some of the posts and comments in there because it's just ridiculous. Like, people in Canada saying like, "This is so, this is so wrong." So it's just like, "What? Are you actually going?" No. Shut up. Yeah, it's like you have the choice. If you want to go, go. If you don't, you also have that choice too. It's not a big deal. I'm already expecting it to be. For me personally, not as successful as a show as the past years have been. But I look at it as it's either going to be on the lower end or it's going to be everybody's been waiting to go to a show. This is the one they're waiting to go to, and it's going to be great. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be one end of the spectrum or the other. Yeah. I, I know people from here that are driving to Daytona. Uh, they do every year. So, yeah, I mean, they're not one of them. Yeah, you're not you're not one of them, Chris. You know, the Oasis County is the number one growing uh, hotspot, I believe, in Texas uh, for COVID cases. So, so that sounds so like you need to get out of there for a weekend. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I, you know, I I kind of had planned on trying to go to Daytona or to Carpet Fest this year, and then obviously everything kind of got crapped on. Uh, but that's definitely something I want to push for next year. As long as well as our West Texas trip, I mean, obviously we gotta do that. Yeah, we we need to we need to plan that. I was telling Jake about it yeah, the other night, and he was getting sure. so excited. We need to need to talk I'm about still that. Down. I'm but, still. I've been thinking about 
SCCF and sort of, because I mean, the planning stages will be here before we know it, before I know it. Uh, two weeks. To, I was talking to Pia a little bit, and um, I don't know. We're we're kind of contemplating whether or not Carpet Fest, Southeast Carpet Fest, should happen or not. I know it's very early to kind of say one way or the other, but yeah, you know, like I said after the last time, like if I end up being the one putting it together, it's going to be much more scaled back. It's going to be much, like much more stress free. It's going to be much more. Just, That's uh, usually in February, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just not going to be nearly as involved as it has been, you know? So That's I'd, fine. Man, I'd love to go out there. That'd be super fun. And I do wonder though, cause me and P had talked about it as well. Like, I feel like if you do, if since there's so many now and you do them on an annual basis, maybe having one that you do like every other year will get more people interested in going. Because I mean, we have that happen to the cigar shop a lot. You know, we do cigar events like every other month, and like they come, they're so frequent that people are kind of like, "Oh, I won't go to that one. I'll just catch the next one." <clears throat> if you make it more of like a like a once a quarter thing then the people are like, well, that's the time to load up. Like, this is the only time I'm going to get these deals. This is the only time I'm going to get this to happen. So, I don't know. I just basically saying, like, don't be surprised if if something happens with this next one and it gets digitized or however the, you know, we do it, which we, I don't know how you would do it virtually, but I don't know. Yeah. So. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I, know, I think it... it it seems like so many things are just like, let's take this one week at a time or one month at a time. And, and that uh, was the morning joke of it'll all go away in November. Yeah, probably towards the end of November. It might. It might. Either go away in November or stick around for a while. November 5th, magically, there's a cure. They found one. Yeah. <laughs> or at least until January, right? <laughs> yeah. Jesus Probably closer to the truth than we we really want to admit. It's kind of sad. Right? Yeah, well, it's frustrating because I'm a planner. Like, I like to have time wise. I'm like a very organized person, so like I want to have. I already have the gears in motion as far as like Carpet Fest and trying to start start thinking about what to do, where to do it. You know, but it's kind of frustrating that I can't really worry about that kind of stuff yet because you know we don't know what's going to happen so yeah sure sure how about this how about i the way my work schedule is because I, I need to be at work a lot um especially on like friday saturday is like our busier days i need to be there and when i take a vacation i can't just take like two days here two days there i have to take a full week so because daytona is a friday saturday sunday I have to take either the week prior or the week after. And for years past, I always took the week before, which hindsight is kind of dumb because I, you know, I'm driving home from Daytona. I may have animals. I may be exhausted. And then I yeah. go Monday. So this show is like, you know what? Let me, let me do this right. And I'll take the week after. So I'm taking like Thursday to Thursday, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Well, that whole week after Daytona, I have planned to visit several friends far away and go to different places in the Southeast. One of which is gonna be North Florida to visit my friend that I haven't seen in like two years because he moved because of work. Well, he called me uh, two days ago and he's like, you're not coming. And I was like, why? And I'm thinking maybe like his wife had stuff to do because he's, he's got a bunch of kids, maybe kids had to go field trip. No, 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 
he got COVID. Oh. So his family is all tested negative. He's got five kids all oh, over the But he's positive. So. Now, oh, it, yeah. well. Come see me, buddy. Just means you can make the extra, like, two-hour drive and come hang out with me. Uh, I won't lie. It, it has crossed my mind. Like, really crossed my mind. As long as you help me unpack everything. As long as you're good with an air mattress. Like, uh, I actually, the way that I'm doing it is I'm going to Daytona and then the Sunday night coming back to South Florida, dropping Matt and Jamie off, dropping all my animals off, stopping with my parents to make sure the dog's still alive. And then the next day I was going to start my, my road trip. So you're just trying to be like Brent. Not quite. Not quite. <laughs> I like to, I like to, yeah. Um, so I may go and steal Billy and drag him to Buford for a couple days. Does Billy know this? Oh, no. <laughs> Don't Billy just found out this. I was going to say, I feel like Billy has no idea this is the plan. No, Anita's going to come over and she'll be like, good morning, honey. And then just like, black it's just, it's just pillows. Yeah. You, you right. took them in the night. Oh, yeah. You them out with body pillows. There's going to be a big black conversion van blasting Master of Puppets. It's streaking in the front yard. You, know. you tell anybody about this, I'll kill you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, where, Phil, you just had to ask me. I would have gotten a van. <laughs> where, uh, as far as Southeast Carpet Fest, where is that in relation to the state of Florida? Like, it's it's North, North, Florida. Florida. Yeah. North Florida. Because Daytona is 18 hours for me, which <laughs> it's like barely a drive. Daytona was only like an hour and a half from Pete yeah. and Cody's place. So. Yeah, that is shit. They said it was like two and a half, but I got there in like an hour and a half, no problem. If you're Chris, if you're if you're eighteen hours to Daytona, it's probably sixteen hours to Piancos. <clears throat> nice, a little little short afternoon trip. I mean, sure, right. I would we'll consider call it a afternoon trip. Leave at two a.m. and you'll be there at a reasonable hour. We'll see you at lunch. Yeah, exactly. honestly, yeah, I, I I really enjoy taking like egregious trips in a vehicle, just doing a one shot. I've always loved it. <laughs> yeah. so. But also I'm in South Texas. So it's like everything is far away. <laughs> yeah, so, so it's funny, Mike, because Ryan Cox <laughs> just started his black water tank and he, 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 he set it up. He just sent us pictures uh, today or yesterday. So what we should do is in a little while, when things start to plateau in our conversation, we should steal Ryan Cox and force him to do aquatics and alcohol. That's a good idea. Fun fact. Sir Mike there <clears throat> wanted cigars. And who did he come to to get his cigars? Really? The boy done hooked him up. So the man, the myth, the legend. He's, he's got all kinds of stuff coming to him. I'm going to ship him out tomorrow. So. Word up. Word up. Right on. Real quick shout out to Silent Hill Reptiles. Uh, it's yeah. JT. Yeah. Some of the best horn snakes in the United States I have ever seen produced by those guys. Boy, that's a hell of an endorsement. I like it. Right. You look at their, uh, what you call it? I, I have some of their uh, Caramel Miami line stuff. And, and if you ever look at their snakes, they have, they have a, a, it's a honey diffused Miami phase. I think I have those more right. Its name's Hannibal. It's one of just the absolute most mind-blowing animals I've ever seen. 
now. They, they, they really have spent a lot of time putting together a, a selectively bred group of group of snakes that are really nice. Y'all like my, my JLB Morelia shirt? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I do. It's starting yep. to like it's starting to like wear and stuff, and it actually looks really cool. Like the the lettering and the, the actual like graphic is starting to kind of wear a little bit. It looks awesome. Like Jake, was, Jake was getting pissed about it. I was like, dude, it looks awesome. It looks better. Like it looks cool and like war torn. And yeah, I actually feel stupid yeah. because like I thought I was already following JT. Because I, I, I swear, I liked the Trans-Pecos picture from a couple days ago. Maybe it wasn't on his or their page. Excuse me. I could have sworn I was following him. And I'm like, why am I? Because I was about to go like throw up a picture. And my apologies. Now I am. Dude, can you pull up a picture from their Instagram? Post, dude, this guy right there. Yeah. There. I oh, yeah. Is that it? Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah that's, that's incredible. Yeah, dude. It's it, it's it's it looks broken. I love it. It's such a such a good animal. Billy, do you remember those corns at Daytona last year at yes. the table? You know the little ones. They look like little green berms, almost like green motley yeah. Burmese pythons. Yeah. Yeah, I can't like green berms. Phase that was that was so cool looking. I was really tempted to get one, but I was like, I don't need. It. I need. I think it was it was a honey something. I remember that it was something. I, I honey. think it was too. It, it might be a honey diffused. They, they have a crazy pattern. Look at that thing. Like, yeah. I have yeah. had some black house snakes. I have personally imported black house snakes that, to my knowledge, were smuggled out of Liberia into Benin to be exported, and they did not look that good. That is a damn yeah, good that's, piece. that's a nice one. I was looking yeah. at that today. Oh, yeah. there you go. See, that's the picture Carly sent us the other day. Yeah. Yeah. JT, in case you didn't know, we we were talking about this very post in our little group chat the other day and how Hell like how yeah. much drool I had to mop up. And dude, look at the skid marks that go down that snake's neck. Like that's yeah. perfect skid marks. <laughs> I love you know, it. I like it. Burnout, baby. Straight burnout on black pavement. Here, let me show you. I got a my look pickup from the show. Yeah. Uh, dude. Oh, baby Jesus. Fucking great. It doesn't get better than granites. I got some, uh, because we're nerding out on corn snakes here for a minute. Scalists are better. I got some, uh, (laughs) uh, oh, you know, well, real quick, Justin, you know that, uh, Chris Montrose, when you were talking to him about those North Carolina Montane corn snakes? Yeah. I got a pair of them from him this year. Dude, them things are badass. They're they're like a quarter the size of a normal snake. They're tiny. They're That's absolutely really midget corns. They adult. They're tiny. They're really really small. What uh, was that? The Miami phase that you talked about earlier. Which one was that? From uh, Silent Hill. Their uh, their caramel honey stock is all Miami phase. Uh, okay, I'm trying to find it right now. I remember back in my day. When my my dad and I were breeding corns and stuff when I was a kid, man, he had some Miamis and that's like he was big into Miamis and he was big into blood reds. Like, yeah. some, of the, some of those ones he had, man, they were just listen, I have caught yeah. more corn snakes in Dade County than I can honestly count. And I have never caught an animal that looked like that. <laughs> awesome. That's pretty. That's really pretty. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's that's got Miami lineage with uh the caramel 
recessive morph, morph and the sunkissed recessive morph in it. So sun sunkissed is a yellow enhancer, and caramel, uh, I believe, uh, deletes the red. That's super cool. Uh, that, so has what, that has what I like about the old world stuff, where like the front half of the snake is looks different from the back half. Mm -hmm. So it looks like you have multiple snakes going on there. That's that's really cool. I uh, I got some European line stuff this weekend for my buddy Russell Southard. Uh, he he produces a ton of awesome forms, also. Uh, oh, I think that's Hannibal right there in his picture. No, oh, we could have just brought that up. Oh yeah, <laughs> dude, uh, Walter Smith makes some of the nicest corns of all dude, time. Yeah. Like that guy's out of this world. Dude, just unbelievable. This is a. Uh, oh, I'm not gonna get it. It's hard to see. It's a. I see it's, a red, it's a blue <laughs> motley. Fuck. That's like the worst. That's it's, a, it's a gray. It's a gray and black snake. Is that on? But is it's that on Silent Hill? Uh, no, this is uh, one I got. I got a pair this weekend oh, uh, okay. from from a buddy. It's Annery Motley, but it has a a morph called Dilute, which kind of makes it look like it's in shed forever. And then as an adult, it starts getting a blue hue to it. They're really neat. Man, I always love like Annery Motley's and Annery Stripes were always kind of my favorites. I don't know what it is about Annery corns, especially when they're young like that, where you just get that crazy uh, contrast. And uh, what's up, Brad? Also, I'll have y'all know I'm writing notes so that in the description of the episodes now I know what to put because I had people who were like, "Are you going to put any descriptions in these videos?" And I was like, "Well, that would require me to go back and listen to all of them." <laughs> you know, I'm specifically not doing that. We cover a lot, so it was like I'll just start writing it down and then I'll bullet points so people know what we talk about. All right, nice. guys. So, so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to convene together because there's a few species we need to. Me, me and me and Billy have talked about this getting getting more species back in the hobby that used to be popular that nobody's working with anymore. So I gotta get all my, all my internet followers and you guys to help me find Pichiopus lineaticalis, uh, the Mexican lined pine snake. They are, I they don't exist. Uh, the one person that I found that breeds them. Uh, uh, didn't get any this year. Didn't get any last year. So if you want to pull up a picture of one, it's it's Lineaticalis, kind of a funky, funky name. They're amazing, but they are impossible to find. The world needs more of them. I'm looking for more radiated rats and trinket snakes. Dude, trinket snakes are dope. Trinket. Yeah, I had a pair, but uh. <clears throat> Polygnathus are well known for being heartbreakers. Dude. You know, they end up just rolling on you for no reason. These are wild. And just didn't work out. Look at that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude. Yeah, those are amazing. Yeah. What the fuck? Those are sweet. Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. Like a sub had a baby. Yeah. Yep. I have spent so much time looking for these things for years. That's wild. <sighs> oh, I see. Supposedly it. they are they are literally easy peasy. Uh, people just don't like them because they're they're pissed off pine snakes. But I mean, so what pine snake isn't? Ah, dude, my northern pines and my my north Mexican pines are puppy dogs. I want northerns. 
I know I've said this. Yeah. I want Northerns. I want local Northerns, though. I want South Carolina, low country. There were some hashing Northerns at the show today that were really pretty. Dude, they're gorgeous. Yeah. And they hatch out eating hoppers. Yeah, they hatch out eating hoppers. Huge babies, yeah. House snakes have always been on my list. I've heard those are fun little snakes. That'd be a fun little side project. Just a pair. I had a pair. Yeah, it would be a fun fun side project. I I picked some up for a friend. Uh, I had a just a normal lined house snake, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that one was T negative. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I only had them for a couple months because I was shipping them to a friend and we were waiting for temps to be right. And they're they're neat, man. They, I've heard they're, they're very little like too. Like I've heard they're yeah. very much more like a python than they are a colubrid behavior. They don't feel like a colubrid. Uh, yeah, boa pythonish. They when they when they are going to eat, they wrap from their tip of their head to the tip of their tail all the way around the mouth. They are like the king snake extremely. The king yeah. snake oil, yeah. Like Macklots. It's like Macklots. 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 Phil, are you planning on getting anything at Daytona? I have a laundry list. Of course he is. <laughs> I have a laundry list of species. And uh, normally I put my feelers out. You know, I I, I, I get get the get the feelers going, you know. And this year I didn't do that at all. Like last year, I had spent probably nine hundred dollars before I ever showed up in the city. You know, oh, yeah. uh, like the money was spent, just like give me my animals. And uh, this year, oh, fun. I didn't do that this year. I'm I like the I like the not knowing thing. Like, yeah, will I find what I'm looking for? Will I not? You yeah. know. So obviously, I want to get to if there's if there's reasonably priced knobtails, I'm going to snatch them all up, and then uh, some underwood source milii as well. And then, obviously, I'm going to be on the hunt for some water python babies or juvenile. Um, I also want to try and get uh, see if anybody's got any uh, uh, binos or pictus. And uh, Billy actually was kind enough to message me today saying that there was some pictus in Tampa, so they'll obviously be in Daytona, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I'm, really, I'm really going to try and get binos for my feeding, my feeder project. Yeah. And, uh, everyone's going to get a frozen gecko as a stocking stuffer. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> But uh, I also I really have been fascinated with those giant uh, Irian Jaya bento geckos. Oh, dude, and those I, are cool, dude. Chris and I were talking about them a couple weeks ago, and like I just I like I saved a bunch of ha- I followed a bunch of hashtags, and like throughout the day I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about those things. Oh, I gotta keep my eyes peeled. Dude, if you ever see a Malaysian night stalker, which is also from that Cryptodactylus yeah. family, dude, they're so badass. Uh, there was. Many years ago, when I was a young Padawan into all this, probably in the mid-90s, there was a Reptiles magazine edition that was alternatives to leopard geckos. Really? And, uh, yeah, and they had um, viper geckos, um, the little scorpion-tailed geckos, I believe, yeah. something something else. And then uh, it had, they had those, the giant bentos. And and I remember just wanting to know everything I could about them. They are They are near impossible to find as far as I, I've seen. I, I've I don't think I've ever seen them for sale. I did some digging, and <clears throat> excuse me. Apparently, people were bringing them in over the past like six, seven years in in, in yeah. numbers, but and they were all like five, six inches long. But they're all imports, and yeah. so far there's only like three or four people that are actually keeping them. But of those three or four people, almost all of them have bred. 
So yeah. fingers crossed, you know. It, they they don't seem if you kind of put the, the the lizard calculator together, they're not real tough. You know, no no heat. Uh, yeah. You know, medium to high humidity, bug eaters. Uh, yes. You can keep pairs together. You wouldn't see aggression. You know, it sounds like something that's perfect for the hobby. But I mean, look, even beyond awkward colubrid snakes and awkward pythons, look how far out of favor uh, odd geckos have fallen. Right? Like you, you yeah. just you just don't see many people uh, posting them or working with them. You know? Right. Right. You know what I saw today for the first time in person that uh, I was paying attention. I forget what they're called, but they're the Australian Australian geckos that have the spiny tails, and they kind of have oh, a green pattern to them. Stropheriophis ciliatus. Dude, I want an article on those so bad. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I saw them in person today. They're so cool. First time ever. I was like, holy crap. Yeah. These they, are so cool. They're, they're kind of big, right? They're, they're a little longer than I, – when I see them in pictures, yeah, yeah they're, they're a little, little longer than I thought they were going to be when I saw them in person. <laughs> There's a guy in Europe. Well, these were uh, young ones. They were they were still about four inches. Yeah, there's a there's a guy in Europe that has um, a bunch of tanks where I don't know if he smuggled or imported the the exact type of spinifex grass that they live on. Mm. When you look at it, the cage is empty, and then you like focus in, and there's like fifteen of them, and one is on each blade of grass. <laughs> oh shit! Like That's they cool. just line they line up with the grass like perfect. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm trying to find this picture That's of cool, Miami face corn that I caught last year, and I freaking can't find what I caught, but I saw. And I yeah. can't find it, so just bear with me. But when I do. Also, on the roster of people who wanted cigars and ordered them via me was Jeff. Yes. Jeff was like, I want to get back All in, right. send me some. And I was like, I got you. So now we just need to get Billy, and we'll be good. <laughs> it's good for you. According to the FDA, you can have two cigars daily, and you have zero point zero zero one percent chance of increasing your likelihood of getting cancer. And you know, pretty much healthy if at that you point. Do four a day, then it's it's still not bad. <laughs> I, uh, I'm I'm doomed for cancer anyway, so <laughs> that part doesn't scare me. Some every you can get from anything anymore. I'm supposed to do another triathlon in December, so I'll have to quit smoking anything else. But uh, when I was doing triathlons, like. Two a year, I was still smoking cigars. Never had a problem. <clears throat> yeah, like mm. if your risk is that low for two a day, I'm pretty sure three or four a day isn't gonna like automatically yeah. go from point zero 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 one to one hundred percent. You're gonna get something. You know? <clears throat> I mean, and if it gets you relaxed and you're feeling good about it and you're enjoying it, it's healthy, right? Like, sure. Men, men's mental health awareness. Let's get it going. Tell you what, though, we had, we got some CBD products at one of our shops, and I got some of the isolate gummies. Dude, I eat like chew on like three of those before I go to bed, and I'm in, like I've never slept through the night so well than the past like three nights that I've been eating those. Nice. I mean, just it's the yeah. Well, I ate some the other day. Y'all were in the group chat, and like I ate them when I was at work. I had some. I was like, yeah, I've had the full spectrum ones, and those didn't affect me nearly as much as these ones did. And, like. It was like I took a Benadryl, dude, and I drove across town to the other shop when we closed, which I really shouldn't have done, but I was feeling good, dude. I felt useless. I was just sitting in the chair at work like, I want to take a nap. Nice. Which is weird because the isolate doesn't have – it's literally just pure CBD. It's not – like the full spectrum is like CBD and its friends. Like it has some other things that help your body uh, process it more effectively. 
but the isolate is just CBD. And so I like, I was like, this shouldn't be anything like the full spectrum. And I was not expecting it to affect me the way it did. So now I just eat them before I go to bed and boy, I sleep like a baby. It's amazing. Oh yeah. Awesome. Highly recommend. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Tylenol PM around nine o'clock and you just getting some crazy <laughs> nightmares, baby. <clears throat> Who knows what's going to happen at five. Sleep paralysis. Yeah. The dark figure in the corner is coming to get me again. If, if I'm having anxiety or I just can't get to sleep, I take Tylenol PMs. It knocks me out quick, but dude, I freak out all night long. I tried that z once and that, that was, I, I came to find it's actually just Benadryl. It's the same thing as Benadryl. Sequel. So I thought that was kind of odd that they uh, marketed rebranded it when it's not it's diphen it's diphenhydramine or whatever Benadryl is exact same thing. CBD gummies are, are expensive, but man, they're worth it. Hopefully, it'll uh, it won't wear off. What a nice story. Oh, wow. So. <laughs> What's that? So what a what a gorgeous blurry picture. Yeah, well, you know what? It was a cell phone and it was dusk and it was in Miami, all right? That's a good picture, Phil. I like it. Looks great, man. I like the backdrop too. Yeah. So that snake was just shy of six foot. Wow. Which is giant for Dade County, in my opinion. That's um, huge. I mean, those two that like a rock right next to it, that's probably like a like a five or six inch rock. Wow. But it was one of those things where it's like you had to take a picture, you had to play with it, but like it was just too majestic. I just I literally put him exactly where he was and kind of let him figure out where he wanted to go. And then when I realized he was actually crossing the road, I just put him on the other side of the road. Nice. And to be honest, I, I assumed it was a male just because of how fat his tail was, which yeah. might, would be the biggest male ever seen in history. <laughs> It's a big, it's a big corn snake. It's a big, that's a big yeah, one. that's huge. For the record, CBD has next to no THC in it. At least the full spectrum, the isolate has none. Hmm. I, I don't do drugs. I'm high on life. My man. <laughs> did uh, did Jake get you those cigars? He did. My man, dude. Got something for something for you and Phil. I, <laughs> I looked at I looked at Jake. I was like. How's he gonna send these to me now and expect me to not smoke them before Daytona? For Daytona, I get one. It's like shit. So could you new Novas? Those are the Don Boscos, right? Yeah. Pythons are pharmaceuticals. (laughs) (laughs) I saw you put it up, and I was like, "Wait a minute, what?" And then it clicked. (laughs) It's late. I'm tired. Cause that's the uh, that's the, the double wrapper, right? It's got the candela and the Connecticut, the broadleaf. Yeah. Yeah. The boy black Irish. I'm so freaking uh, ready. Irish. Yeah, yeah, they're tasty, dude. I, they're I, real good. You know, I got a box a couple weeks ago, and I put it in my travel case and put it back in my closet on the top shelf, and tried to forget about it because I know I will like I will break and be like I don't have any cigars. Right now, but I have that case, and then I'll just I'll smoke them all. By the time it gets to Daytona, I won't have any. And so I've been like very good about not touching them, and I added those into that box just so I wouldn't have to look at them every day and be tempted. It's good. Yeah, I, my man Phil's got to have one. I, I think impulse. I don't know. 
I don't know how many they they made. Uh, I I ended up with six of them. I, I bought a five pack and a single. Uh, but they they were sold out. I think in a couple hours. I believe it. But I got I got one. I smoked one when I got them. I smoked one here on the show, uh, and then I saved one for a year out. So I'll try it a year, mm-hmm. uh, which hopefully that's when the next set will come out and I can maybe compare them. And then gave one to my brother and then two to y'all. Uh, and I still got that saber tooth, dude. I, I need a reason to crack open that saber tooth. I'm horrible about sitting on cigars and like aging them. I can't. I've tried. I can't do it, man. I'm just I. I I probably only smoke maybe four or five a week a week, so I, I, you know, I, yeah, I just I just don't. It's almost like a time thing sometimes. It is. It's a, totally a time thing for me. I mean, like yeah. I come home from work. It's by the time I am done doing errands after work, or if I stay late at work, it's eight eight thirty at night, and I'm beat. And like I should like sit out and just relax and chill, and I'm not. Like I gotta like I gotta like check my CB seventy racks to make sure no one's dying of ammonia poisoning, <laughs> and I gotta make sure my dog didn't eat my underwear, the hamper again, and like I'm just I don't want to fucking like. Yeah. Yeah. My man, Aquatine. Where's the Dude, this on? this size. The Aquitaine and the Anthropology, which is just like a Corona, is one of the best cigars they make. Like this blend in this size is just off the chain good. I got the one you sent me. I was gonna yeah. smoke it yet. Dude, you know the cigar that I've been like about, uh, and I, you know, I don't know if it gets good ratings or whatever. I don't really like Maduros. I've never been a Maduro guy, and uh, the Christoph Original Maduro. Uh, it's a great stick and it's not, you know, it's not massively expensive. I had a Churchill and really liked it, but it was like a two hour smoke. Uh, yeah. and then I had it in the Robusto size and I was like, perfect. And I, I just bought half a box. There's about 10 of them. That Churchill was like 62 by 70 or 60 by 70. Something, something like that. I think I thought it was like fifty-four by seven point two or something. Oh wow! It was, right. Yeah, I can Google it real quick. It was a, it's a big stick, man. Yeah, somebody gave me a couple of those with some of those gigantic uh, I don't even know like what the Gurkha was, but you know those giant ones in the wax coated tubes. They gave yeah. me because they didn't fit in their humidor, and I, like they just didn't fit, you know. And uh, I was like, of course I'll take them. And I was kind of like, all right, and I smoked it, and that thing was tip top, man. Tip-top. Was it the uh, the rum infused one? The Kristoff? Oh no, the Gurkha. Can you say there was oh. a Gurkha in the tube? No, yeah, but the Gurkha was garbage. But the Kristoff was the point story. Oh, I got you. Uh, the Kristoff Churchill is a fifty by seven. Fifty by seven. Okay, wow. It's, all right, I just rem- I remember it being bigger. I have tiny hands. Yeah, I was like, I have these ridiculous ogre hands. It's like that. It's like that thing from a Burger King. Damn these tiny hands! <laughs> <laughs> so I, I always was, a fan of these, though. Great little sticks, the Hoyo de Nicaragua. I did not like the 1970s. They're good, man. They're, I, they're good. The Dark Corojo and the Connecticut is fantastic. The Dark Corojo is probably one of my all-time favorites, but I we never get them in for whatever reason. But that one I tried. And I was you didn't like the 1970? I wasn't into it. Dude, that's a great story. Yeah, try another one, man. That's great. So I keep forgetting to ask Billy, but it's because Billy is in Tampa. Um, 
There's a company called Sosa. I don't even know if they're in business anymore. You guys ever have a Sosa? No. They were like they were like an Ebor. They were yeah, they were like an Ebor City local cigar company, whatever. And they um I wound up buying, they made like these little Clint Eastwood, you know, spaghetti western like quick sweeps. Mm-hmm. And I had a, I had a bunch of those little quick sweets, and I used to like smoke them at work, like smoke them strictly, like in the venomous room, the little fucking quick sweet. And uh, they they had had these. Um, I guess they were like a what do you call like a mini Toro? I guess it was weird. It almost looked like a like a flying like a fl- uh, flying pig, um, but they were so fucking slow, like the huh. slowest. Like it was only like this big. But it was like an hour and a half smoke, easy. Wow! And it just it just lingered, you know, almost like a like a fuse on a bomb. Like you just mm-hmm. lingered. so good, and nobody around here stocks them anymore, which makes me think the company's out of business. But. It's possible. Yeah. You, you, with your, is your shop getting any better there, Phil? No, it's it, no? exactly the same. Yeah. I mean, they 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 keep buying Jericho Hill, which is good, but other than that, man, it looks it looks anemic. Like, yes, it looks cleaner. Like it, like, all right. I feel like you can either have a shop humidor that's busting at the gills, or you can have one that's very elegant and crisp and clean and neat. You know, like very organized, very OCD. But the problem is, the guy's trying to make it OCD, but it looks anemic. It looks like they don't have anything. That's why I asked them. Yeah. My I was like, I was like, are you guys like having a COVID out of stock thing? She's like, no. The new guy just wants to keep it lean. I'm like lean. This isn't lean. This is a bad liposuction job. Yeah, my 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 local store. I, I had some problems at first, kind of when I started getting into smoking cigars. They weren't. They're not kind of like new kid friendly, I guess. A lot of, now, lot of shops are like that. It, it, yeah, it it was a really weird first experience going into a cigar shop. That's uh, that's a big that's a big deal. Like if you're gonna have a shop, you have like it's already overwhelming for a lot of people getting into it because it's it's a lot like wine. Yeah. yeah Once so- I kind of became a regular though, yeah, I kind of realized they have a really good inventory, mm-hmm. and they were so happy to get me anything that I wanted. They would buy a box of something if I wanted to try it once. That's cool. Uh, just happy to do it. So I still. In a year and a half, maybe about a year and a half of like smoking cigar, being a cigar smoker, I've still never sat down in a cigar shop and smoked a cigar. I just never done it. <laughs> it's weird. I need to. Uh, I went to the Fink in. Uh, it's one of the last batches of civil conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, is it called the Wicked Fink? Something. It's in San Antonio, Texas. And it was probably the most amazing cigar shop I've ever seen. But I was with my wife and kid, and I just ran inside. And that place was like. Dude, they, they had a, a huge collection of craft tea, hot tea, that wow. they would pair with your cigar. That's uh, cool. So, dude, he was the guy was like, hey, man, you want some tea with your cigar? You sit on the patio, and I was like, I sure fucking do, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, but the guy was real knowledgeable, walked me through. The, it was a massive, you know, 2,000-square-foot humidor. It was huge. Wow. I mean, just I, the biggest humidor I could even imagine. Bigger than my freaking house. Yeah, that's, that's a yeah. big humidor. Dude, it was really, really nice, really impressive. If we if we come to Corpus and leave to West Texas, so that's that's a, a six to eight hour drive depending on where we want to go in West Texas. Uh, if y'all come here, your other option is to go to El Paso and rent a car, and then that's a four hour drive or a six hour drive because that's coming from kind of the other direction. 
Uh, and that, again, just depends on where you want to go. But if we, we, we could, depending on time of day, we could stop in San Antonio and check out the check out the humidor. It's it's neat, man. It's really nice. Where's Austin compared to you? Is that so? Austin is about four hours from me. Uh, it's kind of right in the middle of the state. If you go, you go through San Antonio to get on I-10, which is going to get you west. Uh, but if you go to San Antonio, it's about an hour and a half. Uh, San Antonio is two hours from here. Go to the Roma headquarters. That. It's yeah. badass. I went before I ever smoked cigars, so I didn't really hate it. I just went with a buddy that was up there. Uh, it's a it's a it's a neat place. That's cool. I can totally get what you're saying though about like you never sat in a cigar bar and like just like smoked a cigar in a cigar bar because I've gone several times by myself just because I was like bored and I was like, oh, I'll go grab a drink and you know mingle with somebody. Yeah. And there's times when like all right so. I mean, I'm kind of spoiled because like I, I the wait staff is the, the girls there are pretty awesome with me. They know me, so like, it's not that they know me. It's not that I'm a regular, but my friend, a chick who used to work for Underground, she's one of the bartenders there. So okay, she cool. told them, hey, he's not just this creepy fat guy at the bar. Like, he can talk to him, he's a good dude. So like, because of that, they were more sociable with me, which is awesome. But I honestly, had I not had that. I don't want to say relationship. Had I not had that like step and foot in the door, it would kind of be kind of like it would be awkward just sitting there, yeah. by, not knowing anybody, not talking to anybody. I get that. They, I, I'm like, I'm gonna talk to somebody, and and because I'm that guy, right? Like if I'm sitting somewhere, sure. if I'm in like the line at the grocery store, I'm like, hey, how are y'all doing today? And it's that Southern hospitality. Yeah, uh, but, but our uh, we only have one cigar shop, and it does have a little area in the back. I've never even been back there to see it. Uh, I don't know. There's always guys back there. I'm just, you know, peek back and I'm just like, oh, those guys are not me. So I'm going to go. <laughs> you got to just walk back and be like, yo, what's up, Bob? How's it going? And if Get out there. goes like, hey, man, what's up? That's your venue. That's <laughs> every, your- every time you go in, it's a different name until you hit one. Of course. Of course. Dude, yes. Go back there, snip me a Roma, and just be like, what's up, bitches? Let's talk about snakes. <laughs> Bill? No Bill today? All right. See y'all later. <laughs> <laughs> I will see you on the next Wednesday, my friends. Right. That's good. So, so Billy, did you pick up anything at the show when you went? You got some hemostats. Hey. <laughs> always, always good. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Show those again. Show the head of those. <clears throat> yeah, I got the curved ones. Where, where's the pivot? Oh, that's long. Wow. They're uh, 16 inches. That's beautiful. So, nice. I prefer the uh, the curved ones now. And it's funny. So I saw the bigger ones. So I was like, let me go for it. So 16 inches is, in my personal opinion, the perfect length. Because when you get to like an 18 or a 20. They get heavy. You lose control. You lose yeah. mobility. And uh, a part of my whole like, part of my whole like uh, uh, Mr. Miyagi, uh, what do you call it, technique thing is – is having tool control, right? And tool technique and like having the right fingers in the right position. And it doesn't matter. Anything over like 18 inches, you just, you can't control. So but, this is what this is the only what's that? Curved one I do have. Okay. I don't know if they're like they're short, but you can see the difference. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those 16s look way better. And it, yeah, that little one looks like danger zone for sure. And it's it for hatchlings and stuff. 
Henry always has a theory about curved hemostats in terms of like snakes that target a prey item specifically because a lot of the species that like him and I keep, they are always hitting the metal. That's what, that's what I, uh, that's why I'm getting more curved ones because my straight ones, they'll hit the rat, but they'll also hit the hemostats. And when you hear their teeth hit those hemostats. Oh yeah. It sounds horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Happens you with don't the all the time. Yeah. I've noticed with those little ones, I'm not getting that as much with the baby. So I'm going to try it with the bigger snakes. And Well, now, I know, Justin, you and I have talked about it before, but like where, it, it, like, let's say this is, let's say this is a rat, you know, and like, here's the head and here's the tail. You know, you try and grab this area so that you have all of this area that can be bitten, right? But the problem is, is that you know the rat is is deceased and it's it's wet from being thawed out or it's yeah saggy. So your hemostats are more like here, right? And now all of a sudden the snake's coming and it's getting it's getting this motion where it's hitting one side of the hemostat. You know what I mean? I feel like those those curved ones, it you can kind of get it at an angle with it. Yeah, for sure. I feel like a lazy piece of shit. I have all these little tiny Dixie <laughs> uh, paper plates and I just. Set all my mice on those places. I do that with in. the rat snakes a lot. <laughs> I do that with oh, the birds and the corns. Okay, but but Chris, you can take your hand with the paper plate and you can put the paper plate in the in the container, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't do that. Yeah, Dude, yeah. I'm like, I slide it open and I drop it in and I'm, boop, and then I slide the next well, one. I mean, Phil, you can. No, I cannot. You just choose not to. You know what I have done? I, uh, I have taken the paper plate and I put the food on there linear rolled the plate like a taco and then used hemostat to grab the tip top of the taco like the folded part here and mm -hmm. lifted the whole paper taco and placed it in the container like that well also good point my uh my snakes if they bite me won't kill me so yeah it's something to something to think about it is it is the, the only snake i gotta i gotta dangle a mouse on is my female black pine likes to see some wiggle in her in her food before she she goes after it and then loses her fucking mind mm -hmm. yeah i and, thought about doing that and and mike it, it, it's crazy because henry and i have done the same thing because uh when all right so a particular individual that we all know and respect highly happened to breed a species of venomous snake in masculinity and wound up wholesaling them out to particular wholesalers. Well, those snakes are very small and they're completely and utterly psychotic. And they do not ride a hook worth a shit. So we took hemostats and dipped them in liquid silicone so that they were like rubber coated and then literally used them like- They like couldn't move, yeah. Grabbers and would just pick up the psycho noodle, put it in the next container. And that's what Henry and I did for seven months when we had them. <laughs> oh, dude, I gotta, I gotta cut feed my- uh... My Mexican hognose have to be cut fed. They're less, they literally will not eat. And I, I pick them up with tweezers because uh, they're little shits, dude. I'll hold them, but if, if it's feeding time, I just... Uh, yeah, it's it's a blast. But, oh, so, fun story about feeding snakes. My, my Kankakee female, who I didn't breed last year because I was like, you know what? She's three years old, totally able to breed. Male was a little small, but I was like, I'm going to give her one more year. She is going to be perfect. I'm going to get the perfect clutch out of these Kankakees. I raised them since little baby noodles. This stupid snake, dude. She decided about two months ago that she was done eating. 
I mean, she's five and a half foot. She's plenty big enough for a king. She was just dumb. She's not going to eat a fucking rat, mouse. I do chicks. I've done tilapia. She ate everything off of a plate for years. And she was done. So I uh, tried everything. I, I even, I honest, God, honest truth, uh, ended up uh, doing some assist rat tails just to make sure there was something in her system. And I wanted to see what her poop was looking like, too, to make sure she didn't have some internal worms or something like that. Uh, or or uh, pest, not pesticides, whatever. Internal issues, right? Yeah. I want to make sure she's at least pooping normal. And she was. Yeah, What's that? Just checking the GI. Yeah, yeah. Just making sure that everything's coming out normal and that she is pooping, right? Crypto is a thing. Uh, make sure that stuff, stuff's coming out that end, not the mouth. Well, a buddy was like, okay, we'll try her on live. I was like, dude, I have had her since she was a baby. She's never had a live mouth. She won't. That's not her thing. Dude, feeding bull snakes live mice, she destroyed a, a big old retired breeder. Watching a bull snake eat a live mouse is not good. It is not a pleasant thing. They don't. They don't. They're not natural, man. It's, what's that? They pin them, right? And then just take yeah. them down while they're still They pin alive. them and then just start eating them. It doesn't matter what side they got. If it's yeah. in the middle, they just start eating from the middle. They're, they're, it's so disgusting. Just like a dry. Uh, it's, just it's, like it's, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, there's, there's something about that that's just, it's 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 tough to watch. It's tough to watch. And you know, I wanted to make sure that she killed the mouse and didn't bite her or anything. Uh, so now I've, I've, she's been pretty consistent on live, which she still won't take rose but whatever. Uh, if that's what it's going to take, it's what it's going to take for her. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to breed her now, just because I, you know, the, the fattening her up after brumation, just just worried. You know, uh, we'll, we'll see how she does. I'd love to, I'd love to make more cankies, uh, but I'm not going to risk the animal at all. Uh, yeah, Lapisa is totally right. Just, they just grab it wherever they can and just pin it against the wall in the yeah. in the tortoise burrow or the you know armadillo burrow or whatever. Yeah. And it's and it's and they they start eating it when it's still moving. It doesn't matter. They just as long as they've got it going in, they're going in. Uh, At least once a week, when I go to underground to get rodents, um, I'll get a handful of uh, X breeders. And I'll have them, you know, fresh kill them there for the for the Texas indigo. And yeah. uh, I tell them flat out, I'm like, don't give me fat ones because yeah, they're ex breeders, but like, you know, shit happens. And I've seen way too many just crush that adult ex breeder and babies mm. pop out. Oh, it's like oh. a pinata. It's like oh. a pinata, and and, and it's it's. it's 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 not as bad as it sounds because mom then or not mom excuse me but the the, the, the indigo continues to eat the babies as well so it's not that big a deal but party favors it's still yeah it's a oh, oh, it's that analogy Jesus Christ uh, oh but I mean at least you have little pinkies to feed to some of your other snakes you're good to go I, I can't go in there are you kidding me yeah, <laughs> true. Fine. Texas Indigo picking up them little party papers, man, to pick off my hand. <laughs> uh, I'm getting those Jansen Eye Tuesday. Yeah. Yes. That's exciting, man. You all set up? Yeah. Well, I have the tubs right here, but this one, so I went to Walmart today, and I guess they're discontinuing these big 200-quart ones that I've been using. But I found one of those black ones with the yellow lids that's on wheels. That's like 180 quart. 
So that's in my car. I'm gonna probably put that together tomorrow. You're gonna portal and, it? Uh, huh? You're gonna portal it? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. The other one already has one on it because that had condors in it at one point. Um so who are, you, set up. Uh, who, who are you getting those through or are you not not saying? That's uh, I'll I'll tell you when we're done after that. Cool, yeah. Classified. You got pictures of the Huh? You have pictures of them you could share with our, our friends? Um I have like one of the female, we'll I think. Him. Let me see. We'll see him when they're set up. We'll see, yeah, him we'll see him when, he gets, when you get them. Yeah. It's gonna do it anyway. Do it, do it. And Billy, while he's doing that, why don't you tell us everything about your bird eating snakes that you have? Yes. Well, real quick, real quick before you do. Congratulations, Dan, on your incoming bullet. Nice. Right on. But hey, yeah, I, they're great. I want to hear about the bird eaters because I think those things are awesome. All right. Well, Phil, you've seen it. So, <laughs> well, no, I saw it like relaxed and chill and like calm. He does that display. I've never had him display on me. That's well, good. Uh, it's a good thing. Yeah. Oh, I'm happy about it. Uh, so, Pacillonotus are South American mid-sized colubrids. Uh, Y'all saw the picture that I shared of them. That's how they look when they're hatchlings. They yeah. go through about three or four color changes throughout life. That's right, so yeah. They'll look like that, and then pretty much it seems like whatever habitat they inhabit at that stage in their life, that's what they're going to, you know, their color is going to be. Wow. So they go from the color they are now, where they kind of have this viper look to them. Because mm -hmm. they mimic uh, eyelash vipers, the brown phase. They mimic those guys, and then they turn into like a stick brown looking thing where they're kind of higher up in the canopy. Mm -hmm. And then they'll end up turning into whatever color they can be. They're super variable, kind of like Amazon tree boas that are in the same range. Uh, so they could be red and gray, uh, yellow and orange, you know, any combination of, of both. Uh, they're known for being really hard to get going as babies, feeding on rodents. You do have to assist feed them. It's just one of those things you have to do. Yeah. I noticed I had them in a tub when I first got them. And I assist fed them and things were going good, but not as good as want them to go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I set them up in a 16 by 16 by 20 cage, put some live plants in there, some perches. And within a week, he ended up taking frozen thawed day-old quail and uh, frozen thawed fuzzies off of tongs. Like, nice. no issues. Uh, so now I'm just trying to get some size on them. Uh, so they're kind of in the same realm as Spilotes, where they're really not a rack species. You really need to give them some space. And I think the perches and live plants really did a, a good thing for these snakes to get them more comfortable and apt to eat, you know? Well, you know what that means. That's like a prime example of there is no cookie cutter method to keeping some things. Yeah. No. Like just like just because some one setup will work for something else doesn't mean it's gonna work for you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, you can ask these guys, Chris, when uh, every time the snake eats, I pretty much send a picture to the group that we're in. 
Yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> you know, because I'm like, I still can't believe he's taking food off the tongs that early in life because you'll see people with snakes that are twice the size as mine. They still have to hold them in their hand and tease feed them and stuff. Yeah. And I haven't had to do that for five, six months now with them. That's awesome. Nice. And Billy that, is, you know, it may be the, the comfort of the animal in that enclosure. It, it's, it, it sure. feels like it's mm-hmm. hunting. It feels like it's protected. I was going to say as much yeah. as I feel like the crazy colored ones, I like Billy's because they are, they're like legit earth tone jungle camouflage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, he's going to turn into a crazy colored one. Oh, is he? Yeah, they, they change colors. through. So in another year, he's going to look completely different. Oh. And then a year after that, he could be bright red. He could be bright yellow. He could be gray. There's no – who knows what he's going to turn into. That's oh, awesome. Wow. I thought yours were old enough that that's where he was going to be. Like, you know Oh, I mean? no. He's, he's still in his hatchling colors. He's still going to change another couple times on me. Oh, that's awesome. So wait, so how big did he get? You're looking around five, six foot. They're yeah. like a like a a lot of the o, o, o three opus. They're they're kind of in that size range, maybe a little smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's another thing that's cool about them is that the males, when they mature, the males have keeled scales on their back. The females don't, so you can visually sex them when they're adults. Wow. So, so they're sexually dimorphic once they reach sexual maturity. Yes. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, so doing cool. Uh, doing Tenley with Jason. I was like, son of a bitch, man. I'm like, you know I'm going to end up getting these from you. And he's like, I know. And <laughs> sure as shit, you know? So Nice, nice. But they're fun snakes, man. I, Phil, you saw them, and you saw yeah. us messing with them a little bit. and They're just cool awesome snakes. Species. Awesome species. That's super cool, yeah. And Dude, yeah, God, I'm pumped you're working God, with them. So Ganyasoma has always been something I've personally always really liked. I've had the red-tailed green rats a few times. Uh, I think they are, as far as snakes I've kept, the coolest snakes to observe in their enclosures and research about, see how they interact with everything. Uh, They're just really cool snakes. So when Justin said he was getting the the Jansen eye, I think I was – either just as excited or more excited <laughs> than him getting them. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, it's like I know that I can't work with everything, but if I have friends that are working with things that I know I like, it, it gets me really pumped. Of course. Oh, yeah, for sure. We love to live vicariously through our friends, you know? It's part of the, part of the awesomeness. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, uh, those, uh, those birdie are, are, those are strictly from TNT, right? TNT? Uh, uh, Trinidad and Tobago? Uh, South America. I forget exactly where in South America they are. I got to record this memory. What's funny is, is that they, uh, so they go through their chains. So people would get them as imports as babies in their baby colors. And then their next phase is a really ugly, they just look like a stick. They're real brown and cryptic looking. So people will sell them. They're like, man, the stupid snake turned into that because most snakes only do one color change. Yeah. And if they just hang, you know, would hang on to them another six months or so, they would see that they would turn into these really bright, almost Amazon tree boa looking colored snakes. That's cool. That's such a neat thing. 
And he's not really uh, like when you look him up on Google, 90% of the time you see him in a defensive posture and gaping at you and all that. I've yeah. never had him do that to me. Like I've had him flatten his head and be like, okay, like I'm not digging this, but I've never had him go at me yet. Like I'm sure it's coming, but all the adults Jason had, you could just reach in and grab them. They were fine, you know? Chill. Yeah. So they're not all crazy. Like, you know, most larger colubrids are. So Yeah. It's kind of funny. The bigger the colubrid, the usually crazier they are. My, uh, my cave dwellers, I have one that they're from the same clutch. One of them is just the most tame little wiggly snake ever. And if I'm going to feed it, I just put a little pink in its hide and it'll eat it within a few minutes. The other one, if you touch it, it does it as a tiny little baby and it does its little open gate, you know, yeah. side head flattened out. And I'm just like, this is the coolest shit in the world. So when I, when I feed that one, that one won't eat, uh, just, you know, put in a tide or anything. It won't, I, I tried cupping it because that's always just an easy method. Didn't like it. Yeah. That one, I actually just hold it in my hand, let it do its little defensive posture, and then hold the paint and, and kind of move it towards its open mouth. And then the second it's in its mouth, dude, that thing's easy. It will sit there, swallow the whole thing in my hand, no questions asked. Those little Christmas mountain awesome. alternate I have, if I put my hand, like my, if one of, it's the male, if I put my finger on in front of the tub like that, he starts like, like those little those little Christmas mountains, man. They're they're little beasts. They're like you know, the most feisty alterna I've, I've ever had. Alterna are really good eating snakes. Uh, all the ones once I have, eating. yeah, yeah. Once they're eating, the ones I had as a, as, as a younger herper, I always bought ones that weren't eating from people because they'd sell them for twenty bucks or fifteen bucks or something. Uh, and then I'd spend my time trying to get it eating. That's how I learned how to assist feed. I mean. It, it, give them a few tails. You know what I mean. Get get some food in their stomach. Get that metabolism going. And, and sometimes that just kicks them off. Uh, and then you know you, all your different scents that you can use. You know we have local toads and lizards and uh, tuna. Campbell's chicken noodle soup works amazing. Uh, man, once alternative are going, they're unstoppable. Those, those things are amazing. Chris, what was the species you were talking about when I came back out that was troublesome for you? When you were talking about the finger. Oh, my, my cave dwellers that I got uh, about a month ago. So how big are uh, uh, Mine are I, – dude, I got them. They weren't even eating yet. Uh, okay. Have I you, say it's a – Have you tried the brown paper bag trick? No, I have not. I have not brown paper bag. You got uh, to brown bag it, bro. I'm telling you. One of them is eating – I mean, literally put a pink in a tide. It's done. It's going to gobble it down. The other okay. one, now that I've got it doing the little hand method, uh, it's – I'm, I'm one of those people that's like, did this work? Okay, go with that. Did this work? Okay, go with that. If that doesn't work, we go to this. I have like a, like a string of things. Uh, I still have one shit bag little corn snake that's not eating. <laughs> uh, you know, corn snakes are the easiest snakes to get going in the hobby. It kind of seems like outside of Pitchy Opus probably. And I guess IJs, it sounds like. Uh, but uh, <laughs> speak for yourself. Yeah. Speak for the shit. Yeah. My Some of us have better luck than others. Yeah, my all of my IJs collectively have probably eaten, oh, I don't know, maybe six times in the year and a half I've had them. Wow. Something that's like an appetizer. Dude, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And, and then and then even if, you know, you microwave uh, some water, you boil some water, and if you're boiling pinks, uh, that's a really good way to get some colubrids going. 
you can use that water to make tea when you're done. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, why waste good hot water? Just because you can doesn't mean you should, Chris. <laughs> I, I have a bag of uh, juice from chicken noodle soup in my freezer at all times. It, it works for some salubers. I don't know what it is. Uh, yeah, some of them go for the tuna. Yeah, dude, it, it, uh, my Mexican hog nose, both of the ones that started eating right off the bat, I, I bought those after their first shed. I had the guy ship them to me. I didn't want him to try feeding them or anything. Uh, two of them started going. I, I assist fed tails for probably the first two or three weeks uh, just because I kind of knew that I wanted to get their metabolism going. Sometimes it just kicks it off. Uh, and if you're feeding them a small enough tail, it, it, it I don't know. I guess some people would say that it's putting a lot of stress on the animal, but they're evil little tiny cobra wannabes. They're pissed off anyways. I walk in my room, you hear them immediately. Uh, so, you know, throw throw a mouse down their mouth, their throat, or a tail down their throat. Uh, but two of them started going on chicken noodle soup above toad scenting, which everybody said toad scenting would be the thing, above lizard scenting, uh, gecko egg uh, remnants. I'll, I'll use, you can put a little piece of gecko egg and some, some babies will get going. Uh, but chicken noodle soup. Kick them off, man. You just thaw out your pinks, put them in a little frozen bag of uh, chicken noodle soup, let them roll around in there a little bit, and dude, they're good to go. It's the sodium. They love it. <laughs> if it works, it works. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've found Baby Alternative to be harder than Condros by a long yeah. shot. They, I so think, I as far really as possible, but as far as snakes that are very popular in the hobby, I mean, Alternative are crazy popular. They are. Probably one of the hardest to get going. They've got to be. <clears throat> I mean, once I had that, my dad got that fence lizard from that guy. When he got that pair of Christmas mountains, the guy sent him uh, some fence lizards, and I think he sent him some species of anal or something, maybe the browns or something. But anals, anals didn't work. But man, those that fence lizard, just a frozen one. Just put the pinkies in there. I shook it up a little bit, rubbed it on there a good bit. It was like like the chick down with the chondros that just instantly yeah. like knew exactly what they were doing and it's what for now out. it's one of those things too like if my next my next chondro clutch if it ever happens um like I'm not gonna waste any time I'm not gonna bother trying to get them on unscented they're getting chicked down straight off the bat because yeah. why waste time like there's some people that like try to they like pride themselves on not having to scent and I'm like you can have fun wasting your time for bragging rights that no one cares about but yeah. Eating is eating. That's right. The uh, if if it works, it works. I you know I, I'm I'm a I'm a big fan, and I kind of try to think to myself about maybe maybe not every animal has to be on mice, but but damn, it's convenient, right? Like of course, I, I'll do fish, I'll mm -hmm. do uh, chicks. I, I really like to give my pitchfork chicks. They they love them. They just delete them. Uh, their shit is terrible afterwards. Mm -hmm. if, if you don't want to deal with that, don't do it. It, it comes out liquid and yellow. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, it, it's alternate or funky because in the wild, if you find an adult, they will almost always, I'd say 99% of the time, take frozen thaw mice without a question. Uh, the adults are it's usually an yeah, it's an ontogenetic shift. You know, just mm -hmm. like condos, when they're small, they're eating. A specialized diet, quote unquote, and it's usually, I'm sure, frogs and lizards. Even though I tried tadpoles with the babies, that got me nowhere. Um, you know, we tried. Call them, tried, crap. Call them up. Tell them. Uh -oh. I'm tired uh -oh. of this shit. Uh oh. 
I don't uh, care how fucking good your cigars are. Yeah, I tried tadpoles. I tried tuna, like canned tuna. I tried canned chicken, like just the juice. Mm-hmm. Got nowhere. Um, tried green animals, which we have here. Nothing. That, like I said, that fence lizard dude just—they <clears throat> went crazy. All of, like almost all of them. Like nice. I mean, we're talking about there was like twelve or so babies, probably a little more. Sent it like maybe two of them didn't take. Just I, uh, I, I am on a mission. Uh, we have, in my illustrious opinion, the most beautiful checkered garters in the world down here. They're they're gorgeous. Uh, the brightest red eyes, the sharpest yellow on the stripe, the, the most pristine checkers, and I catch them all the time. I catch them on my backyard. It's so cool. And I am still trying to get one that I can get young and get eating in fucking captivity. I've tried seven or eight of them uh, within the last year. I've tried fish. I've tried chick. I've tried mice. I've tried live mice. Dude, I cannot get checker garters out of the wild to get a little. I want to get a little group going. I want to breed them. Uh, I know that's not a super cool animal and not everybody's into garter snakes, uh, but, I, but I'd love to do it once uh, and maybe even have a little community of them set up at a nice naturalistic bioactive uh, but dude, I cannot get checkered carters going. I've talked to a few people about it. They're like, oh yeah, they're easy. Just try some tuna scenting or do this, do this. I don't know. I got bad luck. Condros are idiots. Well, I'll tell you this, man. Uh, my roommate did garters, uh, blue blues, and then northerns and uh, red sideds, and he had a lot of them die. Unfortunately, the baby specifically. Because yeah. you silver sides, mm-hmm. and we didn't realize that they are preserved in salt. Oh yeah, and the sodium level is literally off the charts because it's meant to feed saltwater fish. They're not ah. meant, they're meant to be fed to a terrestrial, you know, inland snake. So yeah. he was feeding them silver sides, and they were they were dying. And it was like, why? Yeah. Because they're overly dehydrated, you know. I mean, it sucks to learn that way, but like now I know, like, don't ever feed Silverside to a reptile. It's just not worth it, in my opinion. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah, that's a damn good point. Because yes, you go to you go to the uh, saltwater fish store, right? Uh, which we have like seven of in Corpus. Yet no pet stores, but whatever. Crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, if I had a pet store that had live mice, it'd be amazing. I can't breed mice because I'm allergic to them, uh, and I don't have any consistent live mice connections in, in my city. Uh, but it is what it is. It's just kind of a struggle sometimes. But are you guys talking about fish or snakes? No, we were just talking about garters and and how you know my roommate had some bad luck because of the silver sides are meant to feed saltwater fish. They're frozen, you know, and they're yeah. just so high in so it's so high in salt. They're preserved in salt and then frozen because you're feeding it to a saltwater fish. It doesn't matter how salty it is. It's salt. It's a, it's, yeah. it's salt water. But when you feed it to a garter snake, it's <clears throat> sodium levels are off the chart, you know. The um, what's, you were talking about the feeding chicks and birds and stuff. So like, I got the dog tooth now, and dude, like he's acclimating really, really well. And um, I'm just feeding chicks because that's what he wants to eat. He's gonna eat them. So I'm not gonna even try and feed him mice anymore. I figure I'll maybe I'll throw like a frozen thawed hopper in there after maybe four or five months. Yeah, and there you go, Mike. <laughs> but uh, but I was going to ask Justin, the cyania, when you feed them, because you vary their diet, right? 
I tried to. I okay, tried. Okay. I offered a chick to both the male and the female, and they were like, "What the hell is this?" Which I thought was kind of ironic because okay, they're like Ask supposed to be the no, most not picky snakes ever. When they poo from the chicks, is it uh, is it discolored and is it weirdly shaped? They never ate them. Okay. They flat out refused them like they did. They just tried to kill me and didn't. Okay. Because, like, this thing is a poop machine, first of all. Fucking colubrids. Um, But the poo is, like, a burgundy color. And it almost looks like it's not fully digested. Like, it doesn't, like, it, it, it looks like it didn't absorb all the nutrients that it should have. But it's doing it a lot, so like I'm not I'm not is worried. It, is it only from? Are you only feeding birds right now? Yeah. And what so, thing is this? Uh, try a, Try a rodent and see see how it looks after that. Well, so when we first imported it, I I stuffed them in a, a blacked out vision cage that was way too small for them, just to get them to like chill out. And what I was doing is I was putting in live fuzzy mice. I put like three or four live fuzzy mice. And then like three days later, they were gone. And then it stopped eating them. And I found the mice just dead in there. So, so Henry actually was like, all right, well, let's try some some uh, chicken chicks. And we gave it chicken, frozen thawed chicken chicks. And it just scarfed them down. So what I are you talking about? The cyanodon? The cyanodon, yeah. Oh. So when I so when I took it home, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to fuck with mice at all or rodents at all. I'm just going to feed it. Chicken chicks. So I actually got a, a styrofoam. It could be the feathers. Yeah, it could. Um, so, I styrofoam right. bowl, and I put in uh, a, a frozen pod chicken chick and three day old quail. And then the next day, they're all gone except one of the day old quail. I guess like was so tiny, and his head is so, or her head is so big that I guess when she bit it or like tried to eat it, it kind of fell apart. And there was like a wing and a leg and like the head. <laughs> so <laughs> Dale Quail is not a good appetizer. I'll just stick to the chicken chicks. So see that's weird because Boiga just I mean they're nestrators, like they're opportunists, they'll eat frogs, yeah. they'll eat snakes, they'll eat lizards, they'll eat birds, they'll eat rodents. Like it's very odd that they would be picky like that. Well the next the next thing, so I'm I this was I've been doing this for like what two three weeks now, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna put in. I'm gonna do the same thing, a paper paper plate or a styrofoam bowl, you know, and I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give one of each. I'm gonna do a frozen thawed rat pup. I'm gonna do a uh, frozen thawed chicken chick, and then a day old quail frozen thawed, and just see what's there in the morning. See if it see if it leaves the rat pink. See if it eats the rat pink. See if it gets all three. I've started doing, I'm almost getting away from chicks because they're day old chicks. I mean, like they're bigger, but where I get my quail from, I can get two to three week old quail that are the same exact size. Okay. But, you know, they're more along the process of maturing and stuff. Uh, They got a little meat on the bone. Well, meat on the bone, all that. Try Try a rodent with more fur on it because a lot of times the only reason that the stool is running is because there's no fur to keep it all together well, so know, but, it's not runny at all it's not like a, i don't see like a because it's on paper towels right now just so i can kind of keep an eye on things it's not a it's not like a pooled out you know 
diarrhea or loose stool. It's a it's a complete stool with the urate, but it's like reddish colored and like it's weird. It looks like very smooth and huh. I gotta take a picture. It's, it's funky looking. Well, this, I'm all literally sending you a picture. Thanks, shit. Please. What was that, Billy? Try it and see if uh, if there's anything different, and uh, that's how you can troubleshoot it. Just another way too. Yeah, yeah. My my biggest difference in the Pichuopas, they they shit pretty messy. Uh, but if I feed them chicks, I get a lighter color uh, and a lot more liquid. Um, okay. That's kind of usually the difference. But dude, I've had young I young, young Pichuopas. I wonder if that's because there's less calcium in them. Because the bones yeah. are hollow, like there's less calcium, so there's just less. Yeah, the, and the urates, the urates are very, very minute in relation to the overall size. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I look at a day old chick the same way I look at a pinky, you know, or a fuzzy with not much hair on her or whatever. There's really not much to it. Well, it's basically just a, a, they still have the yolk in them and stuff, and I would say that's really what you're doing. The chicken chick that I fed it is probably. Bigger than this cigarette pack. Yeah, they got size to them. Yeah, but there's just nothing there. Yeah, they definitely have size to them. But that chick, in my mind, this is how I look at it. It makes sense to me. That chick, in my mind, has the same nutritional value as that day-old quail. It's just bigger. Okay, I see your point. That's yeah, why it's just more developed. To, yeah, so that's why I try to do quail that are the same size as the chicks, and you know, they're more along the lines of being more mature with their skeletal system, their organ system. They're not just fully yoked, you know? God, I'm so yeah. jealous, man. That's a pretty snake, man. They are very pretty. Yeah, they're really pretty as babies. Look at the belly scale. It just stops. That's wow. You know what I mean? It, it immediately makes me think of like a, a perenny goena, like the colors. For some reason, yeah. I don't know if it'll pop in my head. Yeah. Like its tail, tip of its tail. And yes, there is way more foliage in there now. This is a picture from like two weeks ago. Yeah, I was gonna say my cyania—they're packed out, dude. Like, I gotta wade through fake plants just to get to the hide. <laughs> yeah, what's well, your? Uh, I gotta buy. I gotta get that thing from Brahms for the roof. And then when yeah. I do the thing from the roof, I know he's just gonna live in there. I may have a spare. If I have a spare, I'll bring it today to him. I, I bought the black plastic hide cave specifically. Is it a medium? Hoping, I'm, it's the medium size, and I'm okay. hoping to God it's the same dimensions because the entry hole is not on the long side. It's it's in the middle. Yes. I got, well, this yeah. is the big one. This is for the Jansen eyes. So I got an L. They're getting elevated hides, but this okay, is going to be the bottom cool. hide. That's the one I bought. That's exactly that's, that's a game changer, Justin. You have to have that with Kanye Soma. After. Yeah, well, the one they have is going to be a little smaller, but this one will pack out with spag and stuff and make it like a human hide. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, perfect. Absolutely so I'm, perfect. I'm keeping them exactly the same as I'm keeping the cyania, like packed out with, with you know, $5 giant fern bundles from Walmart, which I love. Um, they got uh, – actually, here, I'll show you. I've never seen those hides with the hole in the side. I was so excited when Underground had them, and I was like, I'm buying one of these for the, for the dog, too. Because that Cynodon lives lives in the lip of the vision. And I know it's because I just don't have more arboreal stuff from the go on. Oh, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Now, do you screw, does that screw in or is that epoxy on it? Screwed wing oh, nuts. Awesome. So I can remove oh, yeah. it or I have to? I like it. Well, now, hold on. Do those slide in the tr in a track or yeah. where did you get that from? What? That's for parakeets and shit, right? Yeah, but where'd you get that from? I've been, I've been, I went eBay. To, like, Dude, you can get you can get like two or three of these for like fifteen bucks on eBay. It's Manzanita. I went to three or four different bird stores in my county, like parrot stores. eBay, bro. All of them were not made of wood. They were made out of a material that the bird's supposed to eat, like a oh like a, yeah 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 calcium or whatever. Phil, um, I see a tree behind you. <laughs> just go get you one. <laughs> so yeah, these just slide out. Nice. And this, but the nice right, thing right. is, is they drop in, so you don't like you don't have to worry about if this tilts that whole thing coming out. They literally go and then they they drop in, and there's like a little stop to them. Oh, that's brilliant! That is brilliant. Yeah, just hopefully you have one because I'm stealing that from you. Nice. He doesn't make them for the larger ones because Reptile Basics already has one similar for the larger size, like I was showing you. But for the mediums, which I mean, I may eventually I've tried to convince Brahms to start doing the bigger ones, but. Um, yeah, Reptiles cool. Basics has ones for the large hides. Yeah. Oh, so shit. They're made out of PVC. They're not 3D printed, though. So, like, yeah, this is just oh, screwed shit. on with wing nuts. And I have it with wing nuts just so it's easy to remove. The heat panel is done with just regular screws. Yeah, see, here's my problem, though. I didn't realize it was screwed on. I thought it was glued on. No. And then I have this cutout so the cord runs out the back. Like, yeah, I cut no. it out here and cut it out in the tub so it just sits... I have to drill holes in my vision cage. So, so that my little tiny brain understands, where do you put the probe for your thermostat on the heat panel? Um, so, what I do with the cyania is I'll usually, like with my condor, with the cyania, it's in the side. It's not in the middle like this or in the, the, mm -hmm. the long side. It's in the short side. I have it uh, twist tied to the, the perch under the heat panel. Okay, so you, you do put it in the enclosure, and you just try to secure it down so they're not going to tear it off. Yeah, I, just, I used okay. to zip tie them, but zip ties are kind of frustrating because if you have to clean, like with the condros, if I have to take sure. that perch out, I have to cut the zip tie, and then I have to redo a zip tie. So I just use – I get these long twist ties that actually come with these heat panels with the cords and stuff. Um, and they're – I mean, they're crazy. They're like freaking six inches long, and I'll just use that and twist tie the snot out of it, the probe, mm -hmm. to that perch and then just kind of wrap that excess around. And that way it's easy to remove, you know. Do, do y'all have preference in thermostats? Y'all have like a go-to? The Varium Electronics, I don't care how much they are. Yeah, I just yeah. I just bought a bunch of uh, perk stats. Uh, That's awesome. I've been Mike. using, uh, I've been using for years and I, I didn't, you know, I, I don't know, I, it's South Texas, man. We're a little bumping down here. Uh, I, I use those, uh, they're, they're for plants, and they've got about a two to four degree sway on them. Uh, Jumpstart thermostats, uh, they're like 50 bucks. They're not real expensive, and it's just individual ones, got a probe on it, and they've worked great for years. Uh, but, I, but I have some new racks that I'm having custom made for my room to get some height out of them. And I, I've been buying uh, Herbstat, uh, the two probe Herbstats. Uh, for back yeah, see, I don't mind the herp stats, and actually, that's what I'm I'm wanting to get for these two tubs. Um, let me share it. Since I'll have these tubs pretty much stacked on top of one another, I'm going to get one of these dual 
Because I don't I mean, like the Hobby Stat, which is the Vivarium Electronics version of this with just the little dial, like, I've been using those for a while now, and I have zero issues with them, so... Like, yeah, it's not going to be as precise as, like, a like a V200 or... My yeah. is, those are brilliant because I don't have to fuck with you know, LCD screens and stuff. Yeah. But I'm terrified that something's going to bump into it and change it. And just put like, it somewhere where that can't happen. Yeah, but that's just my luck. You know what I mean? Like, my luck, a carpet's going to get out and, like, just mm -hmm. slither across it and everyone's going to die. Because I'm that guy, you know? And everyone's going to die, he said. I'm trying to see which one I just bought. Maybe it was the... No, yeah, it's, it's a Herbstat... A Herbstat 2. Uh, oh, okay. I bought a couple of those. They're the, the two probe. Uh, they You can do the cooldowns with them. You can do a night night temp drop. That's... They look kind of like this. Yeah, I, I was like, man, are they VE? Because I looked at the VEs and the Herbstat, and I kind of just... They look kind of like that. Oh, shit. That. Okay. But mine's the two probe. Uh, everything I read, they got the same reviews as the VEs. And, man, I, you know, I should have asked you before. I should have gotten VEs, I guess. That's mm -hmm. what I use. Billy's on it. Yeah. I use the 200s. I like them because they're proportional. Or you, you can make them proportional. So you don't have that, like, varying degrees going on, uh, two or three degrees. Yeah. And uh, they have a safety shutoff. So you can set it to a certain point. And then if it reaches that point, it'll automatically shut everything off. Yes. So okay, I'm so away from my collection a lot, so that's something that I absolutely want. Yeah, that's what the uh, that's what the herb set has in it. And yeah, uh, Dominic, I use those jump starts for all my corns, pits. But see, I use my, ink so, birds. Yeah, I think Inkbird is probably the exact same product. Uh, up, they look the same. Uh, my 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 pitchyophis, all my all my rats at pitchyophis, I have at eighty one degrees. So the hottest it's going to get before it times out is eighty three. But usually, if I temp gun it, they're right around eighty eight one. Uh, it, it never never had a snake not seem to be not performing as the uh, snake should. I guess I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but yeah. I have a herb stat on my incubator too, for that very reason, Dom, because Dom says you can get it to the tenth of a degree. That's cool. I didn't know. But that. even then, I do wonder how accurate. Like, does the tenths of a degree really matter when you're dealing with different size spaces? Like, how accurate yeah. can you really get that? But well, it's also I think it's probe quality too. I'm sure yeah. there's more there's more articulated probe. Others, you know, I, mean, I don't know which mm. I have. But. I, uh, I just think about like eggs when they're in the wild, or if we're doing MI or something like that. It's not constant a hundred percent of the time right you know like it's okay if you have a degree or two swing throughout the day or whatever or even even more i'm sure there's more well yeah but just for what we're doing yeah, yeah. you know if it's I, at 88 in the middle of the day and then 87 or 86.5 during the night yeah. and it just does that swing every day it's gonna be okay you know when, when i took thermodynamics in college one of the things that like we immediately learned doing like experiments or like lab or whatever was that most of your equipment, whether it's thermostats or, uh, or not a thermostat, yeah, like, like some, any, any item that is reading temperature is usually off to some extent, right? Like you don't know if it's a degree, you don't know if it's a half a degree, you don't know if it's a tenth of a degree. 
but the quality control that's involved to create something that is going to be so accurate is usually outside the realm of something you're going to spend money on. Uh, just, just in general, right? Like your, your temp gun might be off from the next temp gun that's from the exact same brand. So, one, one of these days, so I'm getting a, 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 my Christmas gift to myself this year is going to be a, uh, uh, a, a from Sea Serpents, I'm going to get an incubator because uh, I've used a lot of his racks and anything that Chris Nettles makes is perfection. Uh, he, he, he makes yeah, the best thing. Yeah, I, I love his stuff. I'm going to get one of his incubators this year for Christmas. Yeah. Um, and and but I want I, one of these days I'll have to show you all my pumpkin ass incubator I've been using for a while. It's, a, it's I, a I'd like to get one eventually too. Dude, yeah, for sure. I mean, like we like I'll go spend a thousand dollars on a snake, but I don't want to spend more than a couple hundred dollars on an incubator when I'm sitting there trying to. And, and that's something I, that's something I need to fix on my, on my side. Uh, I want to buy the big one. I'm gonna have the big one within a year or two. Yeah, hundred percent. Buy me one. Yo, no. my man. <laughs> uh, hey, hit up Justin's GoFundMe. It's uh, <laughs> Southern Snake Daddy underscore six nine six nine at gmail dot com. Uh, you know anything you can do to help? Uh, just remember. Uh, yeah. So, so my incubator right now is is a, a sixteen dollar ice chest from Walmart uh, with reptile basics heat tape taped on the inside of three three edges uh water bottles all over the bottom of it a workout mat that looks like these workout mats that i use i cut one up and put a layer of that as like the floor of it on, on top of the, the heat sink for uh water bottles and uh i put a probe in there right in the middle and it's on a jump start i mean i think i wrapped up in the whole thing i got 60 bucks dude that incubator has been bulletproof for years and has kept temperature. I got one of those uh, gurus, Justin, the one you you, you showed me. The uh, it keeps. Uh, oh, the gobies. Yeah, gobies. There you go, gobies. I've got one of those in there, and dude, it part it sways maybe a degree. Uh, it, it's 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 kind of it's kind of awesome uh, how long and how well it's worked. She got there, buddy. Hell yeah, man. It's a it's a South Florida um uh, uh Denast beetle. That has been attacking my legs. Oh, there he goes. And that's why I was like jumping around like a moron because uh, this thing kept hitting me. And I'm like, what the fuck is hitting me? And I realized it was him. And then he finally landed on the keyboard and I grabbed him. <laughs> you guys heard it here first. Phil at nonpales.ig, new breeding project, South Florida Beatles. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. It's going to be big in the hobby. Uh, he's the first person to captain breed them. Bioactive ready. <laughs> Bioactive ready. Uh, they eat specifically Phil's. I did put my egg box together for the cyania eggs. Nice. I think they're good. So what I'm doing this, what I'm doing now, is I talked to Chris. I don't know how you pronounce his last name. He's over in the Europe land somewhere. And yeah, uh, we get Chris. He yeah, he sent me pictures of his how he does his egg boxes, and so I went to Walmart this morning and got some and put uh, that APS I always talk about that aquatic plant soil yeah. in the bottom. Light diffuser on top of that, and then I took like a ball of sphagnum and put it in one end. And so I'm gonna do that, and I guess I need to kind of figure. I want. I'd like to. I don't know. I need. I want to put like a tiny hole in the center just for pressure reasons. Um, I put some springtails in there too. I'm probably gonna add more before the eggs show up and get in. Um, 
So hopefully they're good. I know she's she's definitely gravid. I mean, I, I fed her the other day and she about freaking took my hand off. So. Ooh. Hey, that's good. If they're that's they're awesome. gravid and eating, that's definitely a benefit. Yeah, that's cool. They look, they come out pretty small, huh? Yeah. Well, they're they're long and they're really I mean like all the boy, you know, they're super long and just super thin. So. It, are they? She's, she's a small female, so I'm hoping they're good. I don't. I'm, I'm hoping I didn't breed her too too small, but we'll see. They're a uh, kind of a mouse tail eater for a while, right? Yeah, when I first got mine from from Jordan Russell, uh, he warned me ahead of time. He's like, "So these have been eating fine with me." He's like, "But when I ship them, I can guarantee you they're going to go off food." He's like, "You're going to have to assist feed tails for a couple weeks," and uh, sure enough, you know. But after a little while of doing that, they you know you could just drop feed them. No problem. Like yeah. all the boys uh, have, just throw mice in there and leave them, and they're gone. You know, I'll throw yeah, them in that. Yeah, they're kind of once they're going, they're Yeah, I'll just I'll throw them up in that that elevated hide, that mounted hide, and I know they're going to eat them. Like it's pretty rare that I open up and go in there, and they're you know they haven't eaten. So, um, dude, that's exciting. I think that you're not crazy for wanting that, but that's not something personally that I would do. Uh, not to. That's Andy asking uh, if anybody would keep leeches, which my answer is no. Um, I know, I know there are people that did. Like I had a friend in high school who had them, but not not my cup of tea. But, I got some family members that we could probably call leeches, and I, I keep them around. <laughs> <laughs> they are blood. That counts. Yeah, that counts. And I'm, I'm I'm damn sure they suck my blood uh, every time I see them. Uh, well, not to not to like go back to what we're talking about with the VE stuff and like the electronics, but I got spoiled because the first ever Vivarium Electronics unit that I got came with a rack that I got from Matt and Jamie, and it was a, a 300 model, and it had like the night drop and stuff, and I was all like excited, and I'm like, oh, this is so great, and I realized I don't have any of the night drop equipment, like. Yeah, that's all extra. Yeah, so I was that's like, the nice thing about the herb stats is like that has an option. Yeah. Yeah. So when I bought my other two that I have, because I think I've only got three, I need four. I need to get another one. But when I bought the other ones, I wasn't paying attention. And I was so excited. I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy, buy more thermostats. Buy more thermostats. I bought 100s. Okay. What a waste. That's, 200s that's are up. Yeah. 200 are up. That's what a waste the 100s are. Well, so to go back to the incubator thing, I have a homemade. Like, uh, Billy's is huge. It's kind of big. I want to talk about his incubator, though. You know what I mean. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. The Thanks, old buddy. Uh, anyway, so, <laughs> anyway, so it's, uh, as soon as I got it, the fan stopped working in it. It's a homemade incubator. The guy that made it, he put 12 inch heat tape on the back and he had three computer fans up top. And as soon as I got it, they went out. So uh, it's like, all right, well, let me see what I can do. Pretty much until this season, and I think I used it two or three seasons before that, I didn't use any fans. I didn't have any circulation or whatever. I would just open the incubator up every few days to get fresh air in, whatever. The top would be where I wanted it, you know, 88, 88.5, whatever. And then as you went down lower, it's where my egg boxes would end up depending how many clutches i have they'd go down to 86 and then what i would do is as the clutches got closer to hatching i would just rotate them to the bottom 
because they produce their own heat. I didn't want them to get their, you know, overheater or whatever. Yeah. And I had that swing within the incubator and I didn't have any issues hashing stuff out. So that's why like when people say, you know, and I know there are some eggs that are more sensitive and they have to be constant and all that. But for what I'm doing with carpets, Morelia and stuff, I've done uh, carpets, carpondros, all that stuff. It's all hashed out perfectly fine. You know, so the whole having to dial it into the tenth of degree or half a degree or whatever, I don't think it has to be as dialed in as we may make it out to be. You know, it, it just has to maintain within a within a plus or minus within a range. And, yeah, yeah. Because I too, and you can't tell me that within a snake room at during the day when the heat's on and it turns off at night, and then the females there and they're shivering or they're loosening their coils or whatever that the temperature stays the same 100 percent of the time there's no way you know so i think we do have more of a buffer system than we realize yeah it's yeah. like you know I, I think constantly about species that are here in south texas that are that are also in that that range north right like let, let's take a texas rat snake or whatever a western rat or whatever whatever some random dude's calling them now uh here, you know, today it was 101 degrees. There was just a little bit of wind. Humidity was 90%. Uh, it's hot. Where is that snake going to lay those eggs where it's not getting in that upper, at least upper 80, right? Like maybe, maybe yeah. low 80s. I don't, I just don't see, even in the shade, it's just so hot and so humid. But then we'll go through droughts in Texas all the time. Uh, you know, we kind of have rainy seasons and dry seasons where it'll be 40% humidity, 50% humidity, same heat. Uh, but then then these animals, the same species, you know, will do the same in the tub that I have set at 81 degrees as, as another reach north up into Colorado and stuff where it's, you know, it was, it was I, I got a good buddy that lives up in Colorado and it was 38 degrees or some shit this morning. And I'm like, well, where did that snake lay its eggs where it stayed at a consistent 81 degrees? There's, it's just, it's not possible. It just, it just can't be. Uh, so, so yeah, there, there's, there, there probably, I, I would say that humidity and and ventilation probably play a bigger part than necessarily Absolutely. Than, than actual exact temperature. Absolutely. Well, when you think you talk to people that have been doing this a while, and it doesn't matter if it's colubrid eggs or python eggs or whatever, you'll see that there's always a point where they end up saying, Hey, I'm going to incubate at a lower temperature. Yeah. It might take a little longer, but I've noticed in my experience that I get better looking babies, bigger babies, more robust, you know, healthier, better feeders, whatever, you know? So I, I think, I think we're always safer to go to a lower temperature as long as our humidity is maintained correctly. Right. Uh, yeah, for sure. Too high humidity and too low of a temperature, you know, we can start looking at respiratory issues. But, I don't know. Man, there's but so much more. At, when you look at pythons, there's this cookbook formula of it has to be, there's people that are 85.5 or 88.5. It's got to be 88.5 100% of the time, and that's the only way you can do it. You know, and with me, with my personal experience seeing that it can fluctuate and it's fine. Just gets my mind going. That's all. Hope all those assholes can see it. Doubt me now, bitches. <laughs> yep. I think that this picture is fantastic because 
uh, apparently, I, I, I got to be honest, this person, I don't know if they're in the United States. I don't know if it's a boy or girl. It doesn't matter. But they're very, very good at breeding a Kistradon. They love a Kistradon. And I guess there was some people that said some stuff and doubted them for whatever reason. But I just love this picture because it really, it just shows you like every step of postpartum live bearing snakes. And I don't have to worry about incubation at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's what I want to know from Chris and Billy with incubation in your egg boxes. What kind of ventilation do you put in your boxes when you have them incubating? I wish I had one of my boxes out here. So inherently, if I'm if I'm doing my gecko eggs, uh, and gecko eggs are going to be different. Uh, I, I I have a bento box from Target, and I have one full of water, one full of paper towels, and one full of uh, just dry paralyzer. And what that does, because there's movement in the box as far as the air goes, uh, the paper towel wicks any of the extra condensation off of the lid. The water provides the humidity. The paralyte provides the stable substrate for it to not roll or move. So, all right, uh -huh. now, hold on a second. So you have all three of these in the incubator with the tops off of them. No, this is one sealed box. One box with on dividers. My shelf. Yeah, at my, okay. on my shelf at 76 degrees. It's like a little kid lunchbox thing, okay. right, where it has little dividers. But yeah. there's airflow through it, right? Like it's not it's not sealed. Uh, so that works great for my uh, lychee eggs, guard eggs. For my colubrids, yeah, I now, have one. So the, not, not to cut you off, but the, so the lychee, let's just say lychees, the eggs are in a substrate media in a yeah. deli cup. And that is sitting in the same container in the quote unquote incubator as the bento box. The, no, no, no. They're they're not in an incubator. Uh, the bento box is the. Uh, I have one segment is just full of paralyte, uh, maybe a little a little moist. Put a little water in there, not much. Uh, and then I have one full area of water, and then one with that paper towel. And you make sure the paper towel is touching the lid. I, I don't know. It, it's it's worked so good that I don't want to change. But now on my colubrids, uh, I have them in that fully sealed, or what we would call fully sealed for a Walmart uh, ice chest. Sure, sure. But I, I take I take a normal Sterilite, the one with the two little green clippy guys on the side. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like that Sterilite box. Everybody knows that Sterilite. Right. Uh, 5.2 quarts or whatever. I think it's, it's small. I you know what I did with, oh, never mind, finish. Oh, oh, so I do three quarters of, of the, the volume of it of paralyte. I put it on my scale. Uh, well, I put I put it on my I put it on my scale before there's paralyte in it. I, I fill it up with the paralyte um, to about three quarters deep, and then I get that exact weight, and then I put exactly that much water in it, and then I just get in there with my hands and just mix it all up, mix it all up, mix it all up, uh, and then I the lid it doesn't seal all the way. It's not a perfect seal. It doesn't have a rubber seal on it. And I take a little pinhole and I put it right in the corner just so that there's a little bit of ventilation. Uh, corn snake eggs did perfect in that. And then they, that goes in my incubator uh, at 80. My, my incubator set at 81 degrees. Uh, the hottest it gets. Well, no, I'm sorry. My incubator says 80. The hottest I've ever seen in the, in the incubator was 81.3. The coldest I've ever seen in the incubator was like right at 78.1 or something. Uh, my first... Uh, group of corn snakes came out at 74 days, which was kind of long, uh, and I bumped it up one degree for this next set of corn snake eggs. 
but I did not lose an egg. In fact, the only egg I lost, uh, you guys may disagree with this. I'm sorry, anybody listening. I had not incubated snakes before. I had only bred rosy boas, and uh, I wanted to see what the incubation looked like in snakes, what a snake looked like in the egg. Uh, so I didn't cut an egg to, like, get the snake out. I literally cut open an egg to see the snake as a embryo in there. Yeah. Just as – just I wanted to see. I mean, sorry. I, I, I killed an animal. I, I knew I killed it. Uh, We've all done that. Yeah, I, I wanted. What's that? That's how you learn. Yeah, I, I wanted to see. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm 58 days or 60 days in. What does the snake look like? What, what is, what is the progression? Where are the eyelids? What, what is it? I, I wanted to see. I, I fed it to a, to a, actually to a leech on us. Uh, nice. But you know, I, I, I did. I, I knew that I was going to kill the animal, uh, which is bad, and I understand that. But at the point where I'm sitting here, going to be breeding, you know. 10 pairs of animals next year, snake-wise. I've, I've done it with geckos 20 years ago. I, I wanted to see where egg development is, what, what I can expect, what I can see. Uh, I, I want to learn as much from the process as I can. Uh, but yeah, no, the, the, every corn snake hatched perfectly. They were all beautiful. Uh, once they were all out, I took the actual egg box out and stuck it in uh, a little homemade rack that I have for babies uh, and let them all shed. Once they all shed, put them in individual tubs and dude i mean they were eating within a couple weeks gone cool really what's going on over there egg boxes and please elaborate to the the species that are showing us oh carpet pythons (laughs) (laughs) so i have these yep the uh I believe they're the iris tubs. These are the 15 quart. So I don't have any holes in them or anything. Nope. So like I was saying, before this year, I didn't have any fans working in my incubator and I've had no issues. Uh, I also usually didn't use the egg crate, the little egg flat stuff. So I just do the vermiculite. I do it by hand. Uh, I had this thing where I want to learn how to do it the old school way before I graduate to let's say I just bat, bought a bag of hash right or something and yeah, just yeah. threw it in there, put the eggs in. Hey, everything's good. I want to understand. That part sucks. I'm sorry. I've never used it, but you know what I'm saying. I want to know and have the feel of how the you know how much water content needs to be in yep. there and all that. Like Chris was saying, I want to understand the process. You know, so that's, that's my thought. So, have that. We've all seen that. The egg crate. So, I'll just do some vermiculite, put the eggs on there. I haven't had any issues until this past season. Once I put another fan in there, I noticed that my humidity was dropping. So, I was nursing that a lot more than I have in the past. Uh, another egg box that. I started using honestly i like better than the tub or just these huge deli cups mm-hmm. yeah, with or without the holes uh, so this one i put four holes in just kind of like a cross pattern uh so there's oh you see it one there yeah, and, yeah. 
just like that. Uh, as far as probes and stuff, I literally just put the wires in there and then I can still close it on the wire and it still works. I don't have to put a big hole in to get the probe in or whatever I need to. Uh, but I've noticed that this will hold humidity more. Uh, I know I could do the tub set up and do maybe the press and seal stuff you can get for, uh, you know, you buy it in a sheet and you just, mm-hmm. you're pressing it the edge of the thing. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't tried that yet. I honestly think I'm probably going to go to this more because even though you said my incubator is really big, I can only fit realistically five or six clutches in there with the 15 quart iris tubs. Yeah. Uh, I could do a lot more with the, the deli cups. Yeah. It's big, uh, but that's why I want to get the big Sea Serpents one, and that one's probably going to end up being my Kaluber one if I ever figure those guys out. Now, <laughs> you're going to use a divider with, I mean, obviously, like, because not to, not to sound stupid, but like a lot of baby carpets, they look very, very similar, and you obviously don't want to mix stuff up. Well, like, have you ever used the divider inside the tub and, like, these are the this and this is that and this is that? Or like, I've never had so many clutches where I had to do that. Okay. It's always been one clutch per mm-hmm. container. Uh, I don't know if I would do that. The size of carpet clutches, I could probably get away putting them in six-quart tubs. Okay. But I like having the a little bit of an extra buffer around them. Sure, sure. Uh I mean, a, a carpet clutch, realistically in this, I had a, a clutch of 17 eggs this season, and it probably took up a third of this 15-quart tub, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I could get away with it, but, you know, then you get into the – you have to pay more attention to the ventilation and all that. It's just like a fish tank. The smaller it is, the harder it is to control. The bigger it is, the more room for error you have. I have that same mentality with – with egg boxes yeah absolutely my, my corn snake eggs and my egg boxes almost look small right like they're they're, yeah. they're they take up maybe a third of the box but you you can maintain that that humidity in that little or in that in that area much easier yeah uh, absolutely I, I will say on vermiculite to paralyte uh, i used vermiculite for 18 years never could i say a bad thing about vermiculite uh i went over to paralyte um, just to try it, and I fell in love with it because of the fact that if you put too much water in it, if it's too wet, the water will go to the bottom, whereas vermiculite will absorb it, and it, it almost goes like to the top. It feels like yeah, it's super. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, but I, I don't, I don't think you're wrong with either one. You can t- take a take a container, zero out your your scale put in one-to-one water to uh, incubation uh, substrate. Uh, now, I've never used any hatchrite or anything like that, uh, but I, I, I've never never gone wrong with that. That's exactly the humidity level I've used uh, for every species of coleonics, every species of falsuma, uh, all the rachidacalus, uh, same thing with corn snakes, uh, and I plan to do the same thing with my pitiopus and whatever anthropus I'm breeding next year. When you did the coleonics, like, did you did you did you keep them the same humidity with the other geckos just to make it easy, or did they still need that higher level of humidity? So it depends on the species. Uh, with the coleonics mitratus, uh, I keep them in a higher humidity because they're Central American. 
and I incubated those. This this was one thing that I could probably say I did wrong. I incubated those just on the shelf with the gargoyle and lychee eggs. Yeah. And it took about 130 days for them to hatch. Wow. Uh, yeah. I was told it should only be about 70 days, and they should incubate right. about 82 degrees because you keep them at a hot spot about 82 degrees. Um, okay. With variegatus, I keep when I kept my variegatus, which is a an amazing species to keep. I highly suggest you keep them though because you have knob tails. Yeah. Uh, dude, I call them in the wild like that, like I have to. I want to. Dude, hot side for variegatus is 86 to 88 degrees. I incubated mine in my, my incubator in that same kind of 81, 82 degrees. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? You're very right. I use Yeah, yeah, he's gonna have to say that again. I lost you there. Uh oh. Chris? Chris. He's kind of roboted on us. Are you live? Domo arigato, Mr. Anshab. Mark twice if you're in Milwaukee. Oh, there he goes. Damn. Well, the reason I was asking about ventilation is because this is the egg box I use for the bears, right? Mm -hmm. I put in two tiny pinholes on like each side and then covered them up with masking tape because that's what I was told to do with like chondro eggs. And so I wasn't sure if y'all guys added ventilation and then like I know like after like the first two weeks or so, eggs don't need air exchange. Like there's no air like uh, anabolic processes going on at that point but like later term towards the end heat rises because there is air exchange going on and gas exchange and so you have to ventilate it and so i wasn't sure as far as like colubrid specifically because i'm thinking like with the cyanian stuff you know how much ventilation do you really need because i know with bears and corns a lot of people it's like throw it in a container and wait they'll come out like it's not important um but I don't know. I'm just I'm still trying to figure out how I'm doing. So we so we're all doing. Yeah, we always are. <clears throat> I hope Chris comes back in because I was gonna ask you guys, uh have you guys ever done I want I want him to finish telling me about the, the Variegata, but have you ever done you guys do the vermiculite squeeze test or no? You still yeah. weigh it out. I don't weigh anything. I get a bucket of it. I put some water in it. I swish it around. I do the squeeze test, and then I throw it in. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I was wondering if I was just too old school for that shit, and like I should be weighing it, but no, man. I bring it I out. Know, like I was saying, I don't know why I have this affinity to want to like do it the old way before I graduate to the new way. You know? Yeah, of course. I can easily just get the egg crate prop it up on some PVC, just do water underneath, not have to worry about any measurements, make sure the eggs stay off the water, and then I don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. You know, you guys, I, are you guys familiar with the APS stuff I'm talking about? Yeah. Just, just what I've heard you talk about it. Let me show you the joys of APS. Well, here, show this photo real quick before you do that. Uh, there it is. Welcome back, Chris. Welcome back, hey, Chris. Yeah, sorry, my internet fucking took a shit so there you go Chris yeah. that, my friends and I found that in uh, just outside of Tucson dude Varigatus are an absolute treat to keep they're so active they're so wonderful uh, hardy dude, geckos you, awesome. you'd love pretty. they're pretty geckos too super pretty and like this this picture was taken at like Maybe five thirty in the afternoon, so like the sun was coming, the sun was going down, and you know, we just flipped underneath this piece of wood, and uh, 
And like, I, I wish I could see it in, I know it sounds stupid, but I wish I could have seen him in fluorescent lighting, like in your house or whatever, because I feel like I, I feel like a lot of the coloration is washed out from the sun in this. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's still a pretty gecko though. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. pretty close to what my Varagatas look like. And man, I love them. I love them. The tail, tail, dude. Yeah. That's insane. Right? I believe that is a regrown tail. You think? Yeah, they, they regrow their tail almost fully, exactly looking the same. Uh, usually their tail looks a lot like the body pattern. Okay. And then, I don't know if you noticed, but like, look at these weird imaging things he's got going on on your side. It's a male. Oh, are you, creature? Jesus. Males have spurs. Really? Okay. Yep. You can sex them from the egg. Really? That's yeah. cool. So just like veiled chameleons. Yeah, that's awesome. I had no idea. Yep, that's totally cool, man. All have spurs. All right, you guys heard it here first. Justin from Palmetto Coast Exotics just started a captive breeding program for stink bugs. Uh, <laughs> Great for bioactive again. Right. I'm going to share a picture. I'm going to show you guys a picture. All, all you, you venomous guys. Yeah. And then I'll show you, you my, my demonstration. What is that? It's, okay. a, it's a copperhead eating a worm. Oh, dude. Yeah. Guys, don't. All right. All right. Listen. I am part of the the Akistron group. That's why I just showed you guys that picture. Okay. Yeah. We, I stay in the shadows because I just want to be a fly on the wall. Some people started feeding their baby copperheads hornworms. Yeah. Totally natural. Totally normal. I've fed crickets and roaches to softtail vipers. You know, it, it happens. They're they're small. They're babies. They want to eat bugs. They're going to eat insects and arthropods and arachnids and whatever else. But there is this thing now where it's like, I have to feed worms to my wiper. I have to do it. And like, there's people on Facebook, I feel bad for them because they just got into Venomous. They got a copperhead as their first one because that's like the, the norm is you get a, a southern copperhead as your first Venomous. It's your corn snake, yeah. And they're pitching hornworms in there. Not only that, they're pitching hornworms they found in their yard. And I'm like, no. Like, Pesticide. You're going to die. Yeah. So, well, of course I do, Mike. Uh, that's usually, you know, as somebody on a paleo diet, sometimes that's kind of what I go for. Usually, start with worms. <laughs> All right, so Justin, what were you saying? All right, so this is dry, right? This is that APS I was talking about. Yeah, I use okay. this for crusteds. The entire time I had them and bred them, I love this stuff. Have and you ever used it as a full substrate? Huh? Have you ever used it as a full substrate? No, just for incubation. Because I've, I've seen people mixing it with chalk sand, and it looks really cool. Well, here's the nice thing. So this is dry, okay? That's it, wet. Yeah, you can see like, it. The nice thing is you can tell when it's drying out. Like, uh, yeah. And it holds, it holds humidity really well. So, like, when it's wet, it's a dark color. When it's dry... Like you can see the difference there. It, it clumps definitely when it's wet, which is good. So, so is, it, is it almost like a cross between perlite and gravel? Almost. It's like a, it's like a clay more than anything. Like it's like a like not a, like a like a moist like pliable clay. It's like a hardened like terracotta. You know how terracotta turns into a different yeah. color when it's wet. Too? Same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So I don't know. I like this stuff. I'm trying it out with the with the cyania eggs as like the Instead of using vermiculite, using this. Now, would you put the eggs directly on that, or would you have no, something in between them? 
I got egg crate on top of it. <laughs> but the nice thing is, is like the perlite, you know, the water's going to run down. I can tell when it needs more, um, which it probably won't. Because when I was when I was using it with cresteds, I very rarely had to add water to it at all. In like a sealed container, it'll hold water forever. But and you're using I love this the, you're using the hydrogen peroxide again, right? Uh, I didn't this time. I just used my filtered water. Okay. I just that, like the hydrogen peroxide is nice. You just gotta let it like you gotta let it sit out for like a solid twenty four hours plus to make sure it completely converts to water before you you know put eggs in it. And, and my my, my go to on the, the Fairlight measuring it weight wise one to one with distilled water is. It, it's done great. I do try to cycle out my incubation medium about every six months because I, you know, with, with the geckos, you're getting eggs at the end of time. Right? It's not like one clutch. It's, it's as it goes. Yeah. So I love that stuff. I really want to try it. That's like cool. have eggs buried in it. Like you would with vermiculite, which is what I did with Crested's. Yeah. I like it because it's poor. Like when you put water on it, it's almost like Rice Krispies. Like you can hear it sizzle. Like it literally like sizzles. Hmm. And uh, it's it's porous, so you know things can breathe. Uh, where do you get it? I'm interested. I'm not even sure where you can find it anymore. I somehow my mom had a bucket of it in the garage when she was using it for for their pond, but. I know Pangea sells bags of Hatch, like right, which is Hatchem or something is what it's branded as, yeah, but you can get yeah, big Hatch bags right. somewhere else. Don't they sell it at orchid stores too? I don't I've looked for it at Lowe's and stuff and never found it. So Yeah, but I mean like I'm thinking about like an actual store that like a, like a specialty botany store that does like orchid supplies. Oh, probably. I'd imagine so. It's I made for it. When I was going through my uh when I was getting the carnivorous plants I have, I was going to all the nurseries and stuff. I never saw it there. Okay. See, I'm looking up on Amazon right now. I wonder if it has a different name, and we all saw it at the nursery mm -hmm. in like a 50 pound bag, and we didn't know. It. Yeah, that's very possible. You know, it's totally possible. Yeah. So, Chris, I'm, I'm seeing you, a 10 pound bag is 16 dollars on Amazon right now. Okay, 10 pound. Pretty good. Wow. Yeah, that'll Some stuff. That'll okay. stretch far. Chris, when you were doing geckos like hardcore. Did you That's ever put multiple species of egg in the same container? Or I'm Always. Sorry, different species of egg in the same container? I still do. Uh, well, I don't have any leeches breeding right now, but I kept leeches, uh, garbs, uh, cave geckos, which I love, Gonierosaurus, yeah. uh, Coleonyx, all, all in the same thing. Never. And then they, never they, had an issue. you just go in there one morning and they're all they're four different types of geckos. <laughs> I, you know, I, I never had that happen. Uh, I check daily and never, okay. every time. You, oh, now here's something. If I see an egg in my geckos pipping uh, or sweating, I immediately take that egg out, put it in its own cup uh, with sphagnum moss, and 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 that's so they always hatch on their own. Uh, there's been a few occasions when maybe I was on vacation or something and the gecko hatched out. And I hate them, dude, because the garbs and uh, go batshit when they hatch. And they'll flip eggs, and and you know it only takes a, a couple hours of a flipped egg, and it's done. Yeah. So now you put them in a deli cup of of moist sphagnum moss. Just put the egg on the moss. Yeah. Just put the uh, once once it starts sweating or, or or it's pipped, you just usually it's sweating. Well, the second a, a rachidaculous egg starts sweating, you know it's going to hatch. You just put it on the, the sphagnum moss, uh, and and that way it comes out and it's in its own little uh, you know habitat. Kind of brilliant, and I do. I use a four and a half inch deli cup, 
you know, normal shit. And I just spray it down with the distilled water and good to go. Uh, Smart. My buddy that's breeding those knobtails, which I got to see some of the babies, and they're already huge. Uh, he incubates his knobtails with his leopard geckos and has never had a problem. They hatch out. If there's a leopard gecko and a knobtail in there, it's, they're fine. Do you, do, do, do you know what Tempe does, like 82 or 84 or what? Or? Uh, I know that with leopard geckos, if he's going for males, I think it's 84. And if he's yeah. going for females, you're going like 81 or 82, something like that. Uh, and he incubates all of his knobtails at the higher temperature. So I think it's 84. Has he noticed the uh, the the 50-50 sex ratio on a pair of eggs? Uh, I don't think any of them are at the age where they're sexual yet. Yeah. Uh, or, yeah, no, it, none of his stuff. Or it may not. I, I know that knobtails supposedly are sexable really young if you like flashlight their uh, their rear ends or something. I've heard. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, like supposedly Goniorosaurus are sexable right out of the egg. You can see lines of pores or whatever. Rachidactylus are supposed to be sexable right out of the egg. I can't tell shit till they're about two months old. And I have a uh, a little microscope that takes pictures on my phone. And uh, I'm. I, I, I've been pretty accurate, but I'm going to tell you right now, uh, a gentleman that I sold a very expensive bacon line guard to that was male. Uh, he paid a lot of money for it, and he's a good friend. I uh, ended up being a female. So, you you, it's, you know, doing this for a long time, I've been, I'm still wrong. So. And, like, are you checking, like, are you measuring diameter of femoral pores, or are you just looking for – like gonads, I don't understand. The, it, they, uh, between their legs, they'll have those femoral pores, and if they have multiple lines of pores, usually it's a male. But that's again, that's going for that usual kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, as it matures, that 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 it's really easy to be wrong. Uh, yeah. A lot of geckos should be generally unsexable until they go through their sexual maturation, which is going to be about a year uh, for most species. See, like when I was doing a lot of the Cordillas hardcore, you know, we would flip over babies that were two days old and they all have a definitive femoral pore line. And like, okay. I, I honestly don't remember if, you know, boys are supposed to be bigger than girls, but or more yeah. of them or whatever. But I remember my breeder females. Well, I don't remember if it was postpartum or maybe while they were pregnant. I don't remember, but the pores were huge. And it was contradictory to what my, my literature was saying. And I yeah. assumed that that was perhaps because they were still in the same cage with the males. You know what I mean? Uh, possibly, yeah. Because like I, I would just cross my fingers and the minute I saw that there was a baby running around, I would yoink the male out. And like, yeah. they only have three or four babies per, per litter. So it, you know, I would yoink the male out. If she only has one baby in there, well, crap, I know the, the, the male or the female maybe eight but I've been really, really lucky with not having any uh, parent cannibalism. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of cool with my, my Eurodactyloides. Uh, I have them a, a really deep substrate, and mm -hmm. I have them a really natural kind of cage. No real plants, but like plastic plants. It, it's well covered. Uh, my buddy that I got them from, uh, Vermilion Exotics, he hatches his out in the literal cage. He just waits oh, wow. until he finds babies, and yeah. he's never had a problem with it. So. I'm hoping that goes good for me. Those zero decaloids are badass, by the way. They're uh, they're they're. I, I will say they're kind of boring. Uh, they don't really do much, but uh, as far as neatness in the species when holding and interacting with, they're pretty cool. Pretty cool. The um, 
I think you guys fucked me up because now I gotta look for Coleonics at Daytona. Dude. Oh. So I you know I lost my female this year. I've had it for years. Uh I, I should get another female to, to breed my trotus. My male is still in my office at work uh, in a really beautiful uh bioactive uh dude, he's fucking bulletproof. I can leave for a week and not even give a shit about it. Uh, I just have the lights on timers. Uh, and one one is a iridescent or a regular just light bulb. That gets the, the cage to about 82 degrees, and then a, a UV bulb, and I have them on timers. Dude, coleonics are so damn fun. Uh, you'd, you'd like the Varagatus because it's a desert species. You're going to keep it just like a knot-tail. Uh, the Mitratus are going to be more kind of like a cave gecko and setup, but a little bit more heat. Uh, but I've heard the uh, the one that I haven't kept. Uh, I, I've, now, Brevis. Ooh, ooh, look for Brevis. That's that's probably the one I had the most fun with uh, Texas baby geckos. I was just saying that's like West Texas, like Big Bend area, right? Yeah. Now right. the ones that just came off the endangered or the, the, the threatened list are the reticulatus, which are the biggest species of coleonics, okay. uh, the reticulated geckos, and they're big, dude. Uh, I can only keep at any time six, but I can breed them and I can ship them out. Can't sell them, not a problem. They're the same thing as Texas indigos. Uh, but if we're in West Texas, supposedly they're everywhere, and I do plan on collecting them uh, if I ever find them. Uh, and they're desert species, huge. Uh, you can look up a picture, Justin. Uh, look up Coleonyx reticulatus or reticulated banded gecko. Dude, they're and, and they're monsters. They're like leopard gecko size. Uh, they, 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 they are such a neat species, and you could road cruise them without a problem. Of course, we wouldn't do that in Texas because it's mildly illegal. Of course. Uh, of course. We would never. Of course. So not. when we go to West Texas, you have two ways to hurt. Uh, there's one way, which is walking cuts, and you're going to find really two species. And that's going to be all of your uh, – I don't remember the name. Not real good with the crotalus uh, or crotalus. Um, you're going to find Lepidus. Sorry, Lep I do remember the name. You're going to find Lepidus, and you're going to find maybe for a week you might find an alternate. Or we could road cruise back. You know, not. I mean, obviously, we wouldn't be trying to collect anything from the car because it's lost. I keep you finding X-rays. X-rays. Uh, if you road cruise in West Texas, dude, we'll find Emery, we'll find Splendida, we'll find Trans Pecos, we'll find these guys. Oh, dude, they're beasts. Dude, they're so translucent looking. Yeah. 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 They're nuts. And they're big. Well, you big. know, Coleonyx is Iroquois for clear ghost lizard. Is it really? Look at that thing. Dude, look at it. What is this? Uh -huh. I was going to say, what's that one below it? Sweet Jack. Is that named after Carl? I'll bet you that's named after Carl Sweet Jack. I'm not familiar with that one. That whack book he wrote. Uh, oh, yeah, Coleonyx fasciatus. Uh, Coleonyx swatai. Yeah, a lot of these are protected species. Um, they're very, very rare. German German herpetologist, sweet tack. There you go. Oh, native uh, in California and Baja. Of course we love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah, if, if you road cruise in West Texas, that's how you find everything. Uh, but you will never find an alternative. Uh, it, it just does not happen. Um, we don't want alternative. We want Bairds and Subox. My, my, my man that was over there sent me that picture of the bear die. 
up on a rock. Just and he found it in a cut looking for Alterna. So I think Bear Dyer are a little harder to find. Uh, I've heard mixed things. I've heard that they're like one of the hardest snakes to find, one of the rarest. But at the same time, you go on iNaturalist and there's like a ton of people that are finding them. So yeah, but people, like, people told me I wasn't going to find a Colionix when I went to, to Arizona. And like even my friend who's a professor of biology in Phoenix, she told me she, she'd never seen a, a native gecko. And she's been herping for years. Really? And then literally we were walking and like my friend Brooke was like, Man, that log looks really good, and she just walks off. And dude, the log was only like this. It was, it was, it was like a, I don't want to say it was the trunk of a um, uh, chola cactus, like the like the, the, the it didn't have spines on it or anything. It was just a piece of dead wood, and literally she just picks it up and boom, that guy goes sitting there. So I, I, I think. I know everything I've heard about coleonics in West Texas is you're going to find a bunch of them. Uh, it also probably depends on what time of year we go. Uh, you know, that, that all depends. I, I, I promise you probably June, July, and August. Don't even think about those months. Uh, I know early June is good. You want to wait for a full moon. Uh, but I, I want to go, dude, I want to go and I want to find Subox and, and I want to find Emrei. I want to find Splendida, dude. The deserts over the desert uh, kings over there are just beautiful. Yep. Long nose. Uh, my buddy found a, a hook nose snake. Uh, the ones that eat spiders, mm -hmm. uh, dude. Glossy snakes all over the place. Just so many beautiful brown yeah. fucking snakes. I want liars in the wild. That'd be Those cool. are very common. Yeah. Do they? Do you know anybody that does anything with them in, in, in captivity? Probably not, right? Nope. We used to have – Underground used to have a couple guys that had permits to road cruise in New Mexico or whatever, and they would drive from, like, Nebraska down into, like, the Panhandle of Texas and then over New Mexico and, like, back and forth. And they feel collected God knows what, and they would, they would sell certain species to Underground. And I remember we would get liar snakes like once every like three or four years, but they were always kind of, it's almost like the only ones they found were the shitty ones. Yeah. And I feel like the reason why they found them is because they weren't doing good and they were like moving to another area or they were just on the road to find hope. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I, dude, I want to, I want to find Lepidus and take pictures. Uh, you know, in Texas, if you want to collect reptiles, if you want to collect an animal that you find, uh, we, we, we will have to get hunting licenses. If you even want to take a picture of it, you're going to have to have your hunting license with the uh, reptile amphibian stamp. I think it's 45 bucks. Uh, it's good for a year. Um, but yeah, we, we really do need to think about how we're going to kind of plan this trip. I, I, I had pushed, sorry to kind of like change, go tangent on it. I had pushed the idea of the uh, grab, pulling a trailer with my truck. My truck can sit four of us comfortably. That's going to be including me. Uh, I, I could possibly fit a fifth. The truck seats five people. But if we're taking a, a, a camper, five people ain't fitting in that camper no matter how big it is. I could probably pull a 28-foot. Oh, if we end up taking Jake, his little ass can stay in the trunk. He's small. He doesn't take a place. Yeah, well, well, I mean, my truck's got a big glove box, but you know, there's going to be some guns in there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The question yeah, is, can we, can we choreograph it to be right around migratory bird season so we can hit them plyas and get some sandhill cranes? Because I am dying to have some ribeye in the sky. <laughs> yes. uh, so sandhill cranes are massively uh, 
protected here. In fact, our right outside my house is the big Sandhill Crane statue that we have. Uh, because hey, 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 hold on a second, hold on. Because I have several friends that are in my industry, in outside of Lubbock and like all that West Texas goodness, and they all bag, legitimately bag, like four birds a year each. Really? I'm gonna have to learn more about this because I know oh, we get. So you know what? I'm dumb with birds. Uh, I'm dumb. Uh, whatever crane we get here is like super rare, and we have statues and shit. So yeah, maybe it's not a sandhill. They get these the pl these plyas. I guess it's almost like a fly pond. Yeah. And these these plyas, they they set up. Uh, they get wooden stakes with a white like piece of linen cloth, and they stake okay. the cloth to it. They set out like thirty of them to look for, like if you look from a bird's eye view, it's like a flock of geese. Or a flock of cranes chilling on the on the banks of the playa, seagulls, and then they lay on their back and cover themselves with reeds and like dead reeds and cattails and shit. And then the minute the birds come in, they just pop up and pop pop, you know. <laughs> I dude, I gotta look into this. I didn't yeah. know this, and I, I like I like. Uh, and sandhills are completely protected in Florida because they don't migrate. Yeah. Oh, so, they know it too. This freaking dicks. They know it. Oh, of I, I gotta find out what what fucking cranes we have here that are so special. They're massive. They're huge. They're they're fucking five foot tall. They're giant it motherfuckers. May, it may it might be sandhills, man. It just might be on your side of the state. They're they also maybe yeah. They may be protected in Corpus. Guess what's protected in Corpus Christi, Texas? Everything. The fucking Rat, rat of the sky. Fucking seagulls are protected. Seagulls. There. Who would want to hurt yeah. those little guys? Me. I want them yes. all dead, Justin. I like to feed them French uh, fries in the Walmart parking lot. Yeah. Hey Mike, <laughs> Mike, no problem, Justin. Mike, you ever watched uh, Stephen whole did a whole thing about ribeye in the sky? If you if you if you're into hunting, check out the meteor episode of them in West Texas on the playas. Because I gotta find this out. Yeah, watch it. Good shit. And I uh, like I like wild game. A lot. And Mike, just to touch base on Nile crocodiles in South Florida, um, I'll fill you in on a little insider information. Oh. 99.9% of the time, if anyone ever says that there's a Nile crocodile in South Florida, it's horseshit. It's an American crocodile, and they're at the tip of Florida where American crocodiles live. Now, I personally know of one, one Nile crocodile that is loose on private property because it was in a it was in a, a, a approved enclosure legitimately. And a storm came and knocked a piece of the fence down and it got out. But it can be found every single day in the same spot on the nature airboat tour that they have. And the property it, right, and the property is fenced in on the roads and the canals. So it can't get out. I know of one. And it's Betty White fun. let that shit go, dude. What's that? So Betty White let that shit go, dude. Of course she God damn Betty White. So when y'all come to Corpus, first thing we're gonna go do. He's going to go get some real Mexican food so y'all can actually taste the cuisine of South Texas. Does it come with the free tortilla some, chips? Yeah. I mean, we call them tortilla chips, but uh, <laughs> dude, you get some some ceviche, some shrimp, shrimp amarados. Uh, we'll get, get a couple plates of tacos. Dude, we'll do it family style. Oh, we'll go big. Uh, the food yeah, down here is yeah. here, it's Mike, the best. Mike, I forgot about the zombie cranes. I was talking my, the 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 flags on a pole, the piece of canvas on a pole, that's what my buddy in Lubbock does. So he's not as crafty as the biologist with the, the zombie sandhill cranes. 
what what Mike's talking about is on 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 the on the media with Steve Ranella and uh, Giannis Pulis. Um, there was a biologist kid that they went with to go crane hunting, and what he would do is he would take the he would skin the birds that they hunted and fill them full of like cotton and and fluff and make like zombie taxidermy and then use those as decoys, which I thought was brilliant. I've done so, that with people, but it's frowned upon. <laughs> what, what I was going to say is uh, talking to all my buddies that go to West Texas all the time. Now, we could go for Snake Days, uh, which is going to be in Sanderson, Texas, uh, which is yeah, like the big conservation. Like, punch people? Yeah, it's tons of people. Uh, the big the big Throw like, uh, punch people? No, it'll be like Trump Bauer and uh, John Edwards or okay. Joseph Edwards and all those guys, and John Laster, local guys. You go meet them, and, and, and they'll go cruise with you and stuff. Uh, or we, But everybody has told me that if you're not going by yourself, to stay in a hotel. It's just so much easier, and they're so damn cheap over there. Now, if we want to go real deep and look for blonde uh, subox, we can go to Terra Lingua. That's a big drive. That's eight, eight and a half hours easy. Uh, we're going to be going – now, anything we do, we're going to be going through checkpoints, uh, border, border, uh, border checkpoints and stuff like that. Uh, but man, if y'all got a group chat, add me in on it and we'll start kind of planning something. Um, we, we, we really do need to kind of put something in motion to where we have like set dates. Someone's going to work with Phil, Justin, Billy. Uh, if Jake's coming, I can fit five comfortably in my, well, I wouldn't say comfortably. It's, it's Tundra. I mean, it's not like a fucking amazing truck, but, uh, we can get there easily with five of us and gear in the back of the truck. And I'll, I'll bring a, a gear boxes. Uh, I used to camp a lot. Um, but I think a hotel, you know, also to have, give us a cool place to sit outside and smoke cigars. Uh, Do you know anyone that could make a teepee? Uh, I can make a teepee. I was in Boy Scouts for 13, 14 years, something like that. I am an Eagle Scout, and Smart I am part of the Order of the Arrow. Chris is one sixty-five. Like this, Chris, right? Yeah. I, hey, dude, I made it to Eagle Scout. I made it the whole way. I made it to uh, Weeblock. Never got any further than that. Bro, not only did I make it to Weeblow, but I got to carry my arrow alight when I walked across the stage receiving my Eagle Scout. One of the best times of my life, man. Uh, you know, I, I don't have a son. All I got is a daughter, and that's that's all I'm going to get. I'm proud to have her. But uh, if she ever wants to be in scouts and camp and stuff, she's, ooh, I am about that. Backpacking across the fucking uh, Black Bear Mountains and stuff, dude. Also, there's bears down there. So that's, there's, there's real shit to worry about down there. Uh, oh, yeah. Bears, Mountain Lion, yeah, like that. 454 Kasul. Billy gets to be DiCaprio. I think we're probably only going to have one uh, firearm with us. It'll probably be a nice little tucked in uh, 9mm in the center console, but we will have it. And we will all make sure we know about it. Still can be Fitzgerald. <laughs> you bring one gun on a road trip? Yeah. <laughs> Who brings one gun on a road trip? I need I need a new gun. Should I bring? Now you ain't that worried about something happening. Apparently, I bring three. Go to Phillies. <laughs> <laughs> I do. When you're going down that close to Mexico, you're always worried about something happening. And, and I'm not yeah. saying anything about the creed or credence of the people, but you don't go that far out in West Texas not worried about it. Uh, you will you will see some things. Yeah, uh, I don't worry about animals. I worry about humans. I've seen what the cartel is. Okay, that shit's no joke. Dude, that that stuff down in that's that's an hour south of me. That's you know Matamoras and uh, those areas. Uh, you know, me and my family used used to go down to uh, oh what the hell's uh, 
Progresso. We used to go down there all the time. Uh, now it's not safe to go down there. I watched a guy get his head cut off with a chainsaw. I'd prefer to not be mm. me. So. Yeah, no. I just, I just want to tickle some snakes. I don't want to get my head cut off. God damn. <laughs> the guy was freakishly calm about it. Yeah. Came to terms with it. I don't know. He wasn't happy. I can tell you that. And on that bombshell, <laughs> the internet's a dark place. That's all I'm going to say. It is. Guys, I got to get up at five. This is going to be my. I'm going to go sleep and take my time all PM and think about getting my head cut off with a chainsaw. <laughs> Let's uh, add me in on that group chat if you can, if, and we'll start talking about it. We'll plan something for next year. Uh, I want to. It, it is. It's a goal. Um, and then we'll kind of start talking about Carpet Fest or Daytona, and I'll head that way and see what the East Coast is like. Bunch of fucking weird ass Southerners, and we'll, we'll go from there. <laughs> But y'all have a good night, man. Good night, See you later. Later, man. Love y'all. And uh, just for reference, it's not one gun per pair of pants. It's one gun per pocket. It's called a New York Reload. <laughs> now we know. It's even more effective if you wear cutoff pants, like the ones with the zipper around the knees, and then the ones with the cargo shorts attached to. Yeah. There you, you go. Throw a Derringer in your your boxers or your briefs. Have it's a panty vessel like, on hand. It's like that scene in Archer. He pulls out his like, like, <laughs> underwear gun. I love that. He, he hands it to Cyril. And Cyril's like, why is it all slippery? <laughs> <laughs> it's called a checkoff. It goes off for no reason. <laughs> I forgot about that show. That show Careful great. where you point it. It goes off for like no reason. Like, no reason. Fucking awful lots. So, you boys calling it too or no? Yeah. Sounds now like I feel weird. weird. What? So I feel weird. Why? That I, one saw, I saw a video of a guy who got his head cut off with a freaking chainsaw, man. Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about how amazing. We're going to think I'm a weirdo. We, knew we should get little radios. We've all seen weird videos, man. We should get little radios for Daytona. So they'd be like, be like, Justin, where are you? And be like, I'm in Billy's room and there's 10 people here. Come by. And be like, oh my God, I'm breaking the rules. More than 10 people. Or it could be like, I'm in the oh. wrong meeting of the, the hotel. Help me. I don't know where I yeah. am. I'm lost. Or, hey, Justin, where are you at, man? <laughs> I'm sorry, Phil. I couldn't help. My bad, man. <laughs> I'd go over here and fuck myself. Billy's a fun sponge. <laughs> it's like little did I know that there was a tree behind the branches I could cut down. Oh my gosh! I really felt like a dick. I was like, really? <laughs> no, because it's my bad. stupid. Because here's the thing: I never take stuff from outside because I'm so worried about bugs and parasites and everything else. And like over the past like maybe year or two, I've just been like hosing stuff down with Mike Kill in like a garbage bag before I put it in an enclosure. And I've been doing that actually a lot with palmetto fronds for like the Easter Diamondbacks and the Cottonmouths and like the native stuff. But like it never occurs to me. Like when I came to your house, you had all that nice wood chopped up in the front yard. I was like, fuck, that's brilliant, man. Why don't I think of that? I got a tree in the backyard. Yeah, I, it's there. Why not use it? Yeah, right. Renewable resource. People cut down trees all the time. I'm just like, hey, that's from my neighbors. They just, they cut down a whole tree that fell on their house. 
and they put it by the road. And I was like, hey, do you care? They're like, do what you want. Yeah, right, right. Dude, how about this? I had a friend in uh, in college who, this is actually a brilliant way to like, I don't want to say seduce women, but this is brilliant. He would be talking to a girl and he would be bored or like he would be anxious or whatever. And he would text her and say, hey, I'm going to go uh, chop up some lumber. Do you want to come with me? And she would, because it's all city folk, she'd be like, that sounds interesting. Of course I'd love to join you. And she'd pick her up in the pickup truck and they'd literally go to like the patch of trees behind the landfill. And he would just bring a chainsaw and just like chop down whatever tree he found. Like who knows who owns it? Who cares who owns it? And he would chop it up. And she'd be like, this is so amazing. I've never seen anyone chop down a tree. And he'd be like, yeah, you want to try it? Like give her the chainsaw, show her how to do it. And then she'd be like, all right, so like, where are we doing it? He goes, oh no, we're just chopping it down. <laughs> and then you just leave it there. <laughs> oh, jeez. But he said it, he said it uh it always got them uh it always it always loosened them up. Chainsaw will do that to you. <laughs> Not the effect it gives me. Sorry. Oh. I was trying to divert the chainsaw from the grotesque cartel horror to jovial, you know, date night. Never look at a chainsaw the same again. Come on, man. We've all seen Scarface. Scarface wasn't real. On that note... All right. All right. Justin's seen some things. Being on flashback. Back in Da Nang. (laughs) There you go. Tom said, "If a guy said that to me, I'd think I was going to get murdered." This is not good dating advice. Well, this is not. This is not. You don't do this for the first time you meet someone. I mean, this is a girl that he was talking to. I, I would probably think the same thing if I were a girl. And some dude was like, "Want to go chop down a tree with me?" It's like, why? Well, it depends. Apparently, it worked for him a bunch. Now, me personally. Obviously, I have on my dating profiles when I use them. I had it was like, you know, I like the wilderness, I like Everglades, you know, sunset photography, blah, blah, blah. And the girls are always like, oh, my God, I love that. That's so great. I want to see the Everglades. Will you take me to the Everglades? Sure. And then, like, on date two or three, I'm like, hey, do you want to go into the Everglades? And they're like. And not come back. Not yet. Not not yet. <laughs> then why would you say that? Yes. <laughs> yes, it does, Bill. This is why I'm single. No, you just got to chop some trees down. I feel bad. I don't own the tree. I feel bad. You could, it's a good date night, and you can get some branches for the cages. It's a win-win Very for true. you. Yeah, but with my luck, I'd freaking lop off a pinky toe or something, you know? Ooh. I don't need the you pinky. got more. Yeah, you'd be all right. <laughs> Limps are cool. You lose one, God gave you more. Right. Of course, Dominique would bring that up. Everyone else kind of overlooked it. No, Dominique had to shove it in my face. <laughs> She's a woman of facts. I love you, Dominique, legitimately. Stop trying to kidnap women. Very nice. I have never tried to kidnap women. I don't <laughs> kidnap me. They don't want me. That's actually really good advice. Yeah, don't do that, guys. Yeah, never, never, never kidnap. Never force. Yeah. Want to see my show? <laughs> What? If you take anything from tonight's show, take take that point home. Yeah, yeah, right. Don't get in cars with strangers. 
don't drink drinks that are brought to you at bars by people you don't know. I actually, I, have, I was dating a girl and she wanted to go in the Everglades because girls always want to go in the Everglades. So I was like, all right, hey, you know, let's go. Let's, I have like a, a circuit that's a pretty good guaranteed circuit to like see wildlife. But what I don't think about was that she's not a herper. And like my circuit, if I do it the way that I normally do it, is probably like four or five hour trip. Well, like three and a half, four hours in, she was like looking out the window. She's like, and I'm like, why did I do this? Why? And then she never asked to go out in the wilderness ever again. I was like, hey, we're going to go We'll just hit this one road. She's like, nah, let's just stay in tonight. <laughs> That's how you learn if you're into that or not. Yeah, right. You never invited me to go on your circuit. You haven't come down to South Florida. You never let, let me know. Sorry, he hasn't asked me either. So You don't live in South Florida. Big whoop. I don't live far from South Florida. That is true. He <laughs> has a better chance of going than I do. So. That, is, that is true. Me and the boys are going to Texas at some point next year to see it. Oh, You got popcorn. It's recorded. She knows. It's true. So it shall be written. Probably. So it shall be done. To do what? Katie, let's ask you. If. You were on the second or third date with a distinguished gentleman that apparently is a lumberjack at moonlight. <laughs> if he said, you want to go chop down a tree with me? With, with a chainsaw. Action, with a chainsaw. No. There we go. It worked for him, man. I swear to God, it wasn't late. Like, it was not me. It was some yes, one of his friends Dominique's right. One of his friends apparently that's like how he totally scores chicks is like, wanna go chop down a tree with me? Not totally. I know that. Now, now this is, girls he did that with. Are these oh, these are Florida girls too though, right? Yeah. Well, so have to take they're all on mess, aren't they? Two of them two of them were definitively mud crickets. <laughs> and and then the third one, I don't I never no, whoa, whoa. Back up, is that back a Florida up. term? What is that's a mud thing, cricket? Yeah. Oh, that's what a thing. Is what is that? Just Google it. What does it mean? Yeah, I know exactly what he's talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to so, look it up. You got to look it up. Is this like an urban dictionary lookup? No, this is just a welcome to Florida. It's Florida, baby. Florida mud cricket. All right. I now, got mud crab. Listen, is that, the same thing? that would kind of be the same as... <laughs> You're really doing this right now. Oh, <laughs> it's happening. He just found yeah. out. I can't wait to see her expression on her face. She looks no. concerned. Just don't, don't read it. Just look at the images. Just click Google images and you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Are you looking at Google images? Oh, no. look at our dictionary. I don't want it. No, don't. <laughs> no. Don't. Just go to Google Images. Our dictionary. No. No. <laughs> Turn this off. Turn it's it like off. A, a reaction video. It is a reaction video. Legitimately. <laughs> I'd imagine Florida Georgia Line is probably very popular with this crowd. Uh, extremely. Any okay, kind of absolute country. Let's back up. There's a shirt that says Mud Cricket on it. <laughs> I'll get you one. <laughs> It's a crop yeah, top. You see why I was laughing, Justin? 
Yeah. <laughs> Mud Cricket Patrol. Yikes. Okay, now this wait, is very wait, enlightening. Let's back. Makes up, complete sense. This is who, just the icing on the Florida cake. Who has are a friend? You the or no? Yes. Who has a friend that lures girls into the woods to chop down trees? Phil. It wasn't even woods. It's in the city by the dump. That sounds illegal. It was convenient because that's where you dump the body after. He didn't murder him. You know, there's too many serial killer documentaries out. Everybody thinks everyone wants to kill him now. That is true. Like, why do women love Lifetime? I don't understand it. Love Lifetime? Yeah, it's like, yeah, I just want to cut down a tree. It's a man shit. All Lifetime is is murder documentaries. I and, married a serial killer. Yeah, and like all these stories <laughs> of young pretty women getting abducted in some fucking, you know, Buffalo Bill bullshit. My sister tried to kill me. I didn't know I was pregnant. Yeah. That's a real fear. Yeah, you're 700 pounds. I'm just trying to figure out. Are you staring at mud cricket pictures? No. No, I'm reading. Oh. Yeah, no, I totally agree with Dominique on this. Like, that, like, I was scared to meet up with Justin the first time. Well, look at him. And have and have a in my car. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, like, I knew you in high school, but I didn't know how weird you'd gotten since high school. That's fair. That's fair. So he's like, "Can I walk you to your car?" And I'm like, "I'll sleep on the couch my own damn self." Thank you. (laughs) Actually, get some sleeping space to myself. All right, so Katie, since you are a since you are a educated, normal girl, I will ask you this. If you were dating me, whether we'd gone on a couple dates or we were just talking and you saw Everglades pictures and you're like, oh my God, I've never been, I want to go. If I offered to take you, would you go or no? I would go, but not in the nighttime. First of all, because of critters. To go in the nighttime when you can't see you a gator can, creeping up on you. You can enjoy these, by the way. I don't like them. That's horrible. Seltzer water is the. Uh, it's wow. really awesome when you put alcohol in it. Uh, oh, gross! I can't hear, and it hurts for me to. to yeah. It's it's salt water with a hint of a hint of a flavor. That's unfortunate, man. I'm sorry you got duped into that. Like the meme I okay. saw was like it's like TV static in a can and okay. someone yelling the flavor from another room. Um, I, I would have to say I would have to say Phil that I probably wouldn't go into the woods alone with you. I would suggest that it was like a double date or something like that. A couple what? A double date. Like I would I wouldn't go buddy system. I wouldn't yeah. Phil, I'd go in the woods with you, buddy. I know, and I appreciate that sincerely. Just know that Phil brings Fiji bottles with him to catch his critters in. I do. It works like a million bucks. Well, when trained... I cut you up and put them in them, too. What's that? I get a couple of fingers in one of those. Wait, what? In a Fiji bottle. Oh. Well, if you're in the Everglades, you don't need to bring anything with you. You just... There it is. Well, what's funny is, is like I've seen other people try and bottle yeah right i've seen people try and bottle a snake and they're not they don't like not to sound cocky but they don't have like 
the risk or the technique to do it. And I realized that that's because I had years of tubing venomous and you kind of learn how to do it. So don't go try to shove rattlesnakes in water bottles. PSA. Well, thank you, Mike. That's reassuring. I wouldn't even go in the woods with Phil to chop down trees. I'm not chopping down the trees. You'd look like you'd be like a little little dwarf, like Gimli lumberjack that pops out of the Shire and is like, Are I'm going to chop down some trees, man. I, sh- I should get an axe and use a Scottish axe. You can ride on Justin's shoulders and he'll tote you anywhere you need to go. Who runs Barter Town? Five dates before you go off the grid with him. Master Blaster. Girl, like a year before you uh, go off the grid with him. Meanwhile, meanwhile, I got Henry. He just messaged me on Facebook saying, I think you traumatized everyone with the water bottles. <laughs> <laughs> she says it any time. She's like, every time there's like a picture or something, she's like, oh, is it one of Phil's Fiji bottles? It's like a Where's Waldo now. Where's the Fiji bottle? <laughs> I just couldn't. I couldn't. Who was it? Who was it that we were ta- that we were talking to that night? Who I don't know. Who was on that show? Who I don't. Who was yeah. It? Oh, yeah. That was Brent. The look on his face was just. Right. Of course. And then the more, and then the more he thought about it's not it. This particular scientific the, method that the he's. More, yeah, like, like, yeah, man, I got a feature bottle. Let's put him in there. Listen, man. If it works for the guys in the bush, it can work for me. That's what she said. Hey-o. <laughs> Hey-o. Phil, do you still want to come visit us in October? Yeah. He's going to come <laughs> visit us before then. He's trying to come sooner. Why? What do you mean, why? You shouldn't even have to question it. You should just say, awesome, Phil. I'm so excited for you to be coming to our well, I mean, home. like, what's bringing you here sooner? Don't, don't worry about it. Else don't ask on. questions. That's between me and that's, that's Phil's business. Poor Phil is getting, getting destroyed. It is not a problem. I'm just. You know. Oh, they, they, they can come over, but I can't go to Texas? I didn't say that. Henry says that they do it all the time in Southeast Asia, and they know what they're doing. With the Fiji bottles? Well, water bottle in general. Yeah, they probably don't have Fiji bottles over there. Yeah, no. You never know, man. Never they got know. that Piggly Wiggly brand. <laughs> I'm going to say that. Piggly Wiggly. I've been to the original one. Really? We still have we still have them here. Yeah, yeah. Remember? It's like in the middle of nowhere, I think. No, wait, never mind. Oh, there's one in Hardyville. I know that. And there's one in Ridgeland. I mean, uh, this they're, is a they're overpriced. They're disgusting. Listen, they're super gross. They don't clean them. Used to be the bomb growing up. We had one in the town I grew up in, and it had like a hot bar. It was so good. I feel like I'm in that movie Radio every time I go into one. This was like 10, 12 years ago. I feel like they haven't updated it since the 60s. Like everything's just super old and gross. And like they just need to replace the building. Watch your toes. I don't want to run them over. You all right, Philip? I'm good. I'm just letting y'all do your thing. It's cool. (laughs) I'll continue to be successful in my field collection with my Fiji water bottles. Phil, I like it, man. It's functional. It's practical. I told you about the one time. What? <laughs> this has just become the roast of Phil. Oh, Philium. That's all Fucking right. David the Gnome. Did you enjoy my video the other night I sent you? Uh, I loved your video. I saved it so that when we're <laughs> shit-faced in the future at your wedding, I can be like, look at this girl. <laughs> 
It's nothing anybody hasn't seen before. Yeah, it's literally her annihilated drunk saying, I don't think you're a dumb Phil, but you're definitely a fucking nerd, and so is John. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, we're all nerds. Yeah. The, best, the best time I ever had with... She abuses me. The best no. time I ever had with Venomous in the, in the vehicle was I was transporting a... I was transporting two Western Diamondbacks from my friend's house to my house, and I had them uh, individually deli-cupped taped the deli, and then both of them were in a wooden hot box that I have. I, I use wooden hot boxes that have a two-inch gap screen on them, and they're labeled, you know, Danger Venomous Reptile, and they have a padlock on them and for transportation purposes. Mm-hmm. And I got pulled over for speeding on a major road, and the cop comes up with his flashlight, and he's like, do you have an idea how fast you're going? And I'm like, sir, I'm sorry. Okay. I know this sounds a little odd, but I'm transporting live rattlesnakes. And he's like, listen, boy, I heard a lot of shit in my day. And like right when he said a lot of shit, I went boom, boom, boom on the box. And it just goes. And he's like, all right, man, get home safe. (laughs) He's like, he gave me my license. He's like, all right, man, get home safe, dad. He's used to Florida. Yeah, right. That's one way to get out of a ticket. Yeah, it worked, man. It worked. Yeah. Hey, where do you live? He's in Tampa. Oh, you guys are so close. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. There's close like everybody else. Did you say it's like a six-hour drive to Billy's? Three no. Hours. Yeah, it's supposed to be like three, three and a half. But when I went with to meet up with him and Casey, it was horrible with rain and traffic. And, yeah, it was a shitty day. And then, like, honestly, the GPS had me take a road that's like a 35-mile-an-hour road across the state. And I was like, fuck that. I know my way around. So I wound up taking my own route. And then when I got within, like, five or eight miles of Billy, that's when I turned the GPS on. You <clears throat> Chili's, though, didn't you? Yeah. I'm take him on a date to Chili's. Somebody's got to, because I they can't. They teased me with pictures of chicken crispers. I took him to Chili's when he was here. That's the last time I've been to a Chili's. I hope you know. Where's the Chili's in relation to Buford? Like an hour away. In Georgia, like Savannah. Yeah, it's it's not worth an hour drive. It is not. This is totally worth an hour drive. I will drive there every night if it means I get to Chili's. Listen, we went out. Guess where I'm going tomorrow for lunch, and you can't come. Are you going to take Ellie? I can go to the one five minutes from my house. You probably don't even ever go there, do you? You probably no, go there like once shitty. a month, like once every six months. You're it's, like, whatever. It's just it's Chili's. Not it's not just a Chili's not building. Even good. It is amazing that ranch with the fries and the honey chipotle chicken crispers. Have you had the uh, uh, sweet corn? Have you had the ch- the um, uh, jalapeno inf- cheddar infused sausage from the Smokehouse combo? No, I'm not a big jalapeno guy. I literally just go for the chicken crispers. It was scrumptious. It's not chicken nuggets, chicken tenders. Chicken tendies. He's a one trick pony, Phil. It's fine. Street corn. It's not hard. Not like theirs. Special butter. Can you make some crispers, please? Some crispers from street corn. Can you make that for him, please? You got to figure out how to make the sauce, otherwise, it's not complete. I bet you I could find. Pinterest. Sucks. Yes, that's exactly what I was about to say. I got distracted by the comment. Mike, I live on Pinterest. I will withhold the cigars and smoke them myself. 
Yeah, those are fighting words, Mike. You can't say that to him, even in joking. It does suck. Listen, I got this call chicken me, call, sandwich say what you there will about once, me, and that chicken was so rubbery and disgusting. I was like, because you didn't get the chicken crispers. If they only have one good thing on their menu that does not make them awesome. And the 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 the, the, the tortilla chips. I feel I like you have chilies on a pedestal. You do. You do. You guys are out of your We can agree on that, all three yeah. of us? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'd concur. It's a good place to waste time and get some food if you're just like, eh, I don't know where I want to go. Now I can never go with you again, Billy, because I know that you're not actually going to want to be there. Because it was a pity day. You're not going to enjoy it. <laughs> Justin, I will gladly bring you. Anytime. So much for sleeping. With tonight. Justin, you have to enjoy what he's enjoying. Otherwise, he won't enjoy it. That's not true at all. What? I'll eat it. It's not like it's not edible. It's, it's just good. Not, it's good. It's just I'm not going to go out of my way for it, per se. You're out of your mind. You don't even have one near you, Phil, do you? I've, I've got four. <laughs> <laughs> you can go four times in one week and not go to the same one. Yeah. There's actually, there's one that's like probably five to eight minutes from my house. And then there's one that's like 20 or 30 minutes from my house. And there's another 20 or 30 minute in the other direction. And then the only other one that I know besides those three is actually around the corner from Matt and Jamie's house. So when I go up to visit them, because they're about an hour north of me, when I go to visit them, we'll just go there. It's, there. it's a really good thing I'm listening to Total Eclipse of the Heart right now, because it fits. <laughs> Fucking Madonna over here. Uh, I bet you guys like Applebee's. I bet you think Applebee's is just the Applebee's knees. No. No, Applebee's sucks. Applebee's Chili's is, is better than Applebee's. House. I love IHOP. See, I'm a hot man. Get out. I'd rather, go, I'd rather go to like Five Guys or Chipotle. Five Guys <gasps> is, Chipotle is, my is garbage. The, you shut your mouth, Justin. Chipotle is a flavorless wasteland that they like to call themselves. It's like the worst Americanized gentrified. I can't deal. I can't, I can't work with this. Taco. Guys, <laughs> this is the last episode of Snakes and Stogies. <laughs> it's been a good run. I love Five Guys, but I can only go there when I can get a get approved for a small loan to go and eat there. What I want to do is this is crazy. I want to go I want to go to Chipotle and get a burrito, but I want to bring the queso from Tijuana Flats. And be like, hey, can you pour this on my burrito on the inside? Sneak they some have, in a little flash. Yeah. I don't think we don't have one of those there. I've been to one in Jacksonville, though, and they, it is pretty good. Yeah, that's good. They have queso now, Phil. I know, but their queso isn't as good as T1 Flats. And yes, Chipotle is hippie food, and it's delicious. I'm with you. I don't get, I don't get a bowl. I got a goddamn burrito. Most sucks. Oh, yeah. I mean, Moses is gonna cater the wedding, but that's because it's our only. I was wedding. kidding. That wasn't. I was just trying to be funny. Listen, <laughs> it's your wedding. It'll be delicious. It'll be beautiful. It will be delicious because we're all gonna be drunk on margaritas. Yes. You won't Poor be able to taste it. it. Justin looks defeated. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
Oh, Katie, while I have you, can I show you something that I thought was funny? Yeah, absolutely. So Justin likes taking embarrassing pictures of me. I take pictures of him while he's eating like I do to you. Oh my god, he does that to fucking everybody. Yeah, he does. I so, had to threaten to break up with him to get him to stop. I was like, you think no. that stopped me? We I got a whole we ain't going out on anymore, dude. On you should have seen the picture that was my pro like my like icon on his phone <laughs> for the longest time. So you took a picture of you guys riding bikes, so I zoomed in on that one. Hello, look at that. <laughs> it's like the bear at the circus. I don't know why it's so funny to me, but I just I love that. He was enjoying the hell out. Do you see his little herpin stick on his bike? He's got it at the ready. <laughs> That's funny. He's like, wait, 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 wait. And I was like, what? He's like, I gotta get my hook. You never know. Never so know. And they need it, not have it. We were prepared. Heavy enough to fight off muggers. <clears throat> you are heavy enough to fight off muggers. That's oh, just crazy. yes, with the we were not dating at that point. I just want you to know that that is pretty. I can see why. Pretty interesting. Yes, that was at a sister's wedding. Oh my god! Freaking Peter Griffin and a freaking. Did you see the caption his dad put on that one? Uh, it's been a while. He said something about a sas Sasquatch with his appetizer. <laughs> 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 Poor guy. Sorry, Justin. Oh I, I don't you. even care. I don't even care. It's a good thing I'm not self-conscious and I'm a confident individual. Nothing. He, he has multiple pictures of me, like mid-bite from the side, that are so unflattering. Listen, when we got engaged, so the day that we got engaged, we went. To, <laughs> we went to his grandma's, <laughs> and we told everybody. And was it Mal and Michael weren't there? I think I that week his sister and brother-in-law were not there. So he tells Mallory, <laughs> he tells his sister that they were engaged with a picture of me holding a fork with a bite midway to my mouth. She's like, look, we got engaged. And I'm like, anything? <laughs> that's James Lewis. That's the work of James Lewis. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of... I don't want to show the dark one. The E.T. one. The <laughs> Voldemort and Wormtail. The people listening to this as a podcast are... <laughs> is that the, who is that? It's Jake. It's Jake. Uh, All right. It is 12.18. I have to go to bed. Wake up in the morning. That sucks. Yeah, some of us have to work in the some morning. Some of us do, but I don't. Yeah. Not tomorrow. Oh, good. See? We pay for the account on here now. We can go as long as we want. Oh, my God. There was a time limit before? Yeah. Well, you can only do like 24 hours a month. Really? Oh, were you guys even coming close to that? Yeah, sometimes. Wow. That's cool. Huh. Didn't know that. All right. Well, I'm out, children. It was lovely to have an evening with you all. Thank you to uh, anyone who puts up with my bullshit. You guys are living in the future. We are living in the future. He's on West Coast time, so. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh. And he will be getting his cigars in the next couple days. I'm sure we will get to hear about how awesome they are. Yeah. Billy looks like he's about to fall asleep. Billy always looks like that. That's my face. Billy's got that. 
that resting narcoleptic face. Yeah. You just realized. We, we're pretty sure he's not even a person. We think he's a robot. <laughs> he doesn't feel emotion. Yeah. Can't get a rise out of him in any way. That's probably the most I've smiled in like ever. So. Stoic bastard. Ten days. He's stoic sometimes. Huh? Ten, it's ten days, guys. For real? Is it? Oh, Holy shit. shit. Ten yeah. days. Got no money to send you. Ten days. Dude, I'm so excited. You have no idea. I don't even care if they cancel it. I don't, I don't care. Either. I don't care. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. I just want to be nude on the beach. Gonna ha- Shh. This is not what you. Billy, should, should we, should we tell them? Listen, surprise. Is, is looking at snakes a metaphor, or is it like you actually? What? Are you gonna be like on a nude beach looking at snakes, or are you gonna be in like a an event hall looking at real snakes? I don't want to be on a nude beach. <laughs> yeah, there's no nude beach there anyway that I know of. That's not what I was told last year. Oh really? That explains all the screaming and running. <laughs> if there was a nude beach right there, it's not supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it was mine for a day. Oh, nice. A morning, at least. Uh, Billy, should we tell them about our little surprise or no? That's up to you, man. No, it's up to you. What oh, is it? Is it a surprise for everyone else? Do I already know about this or no? It's a surprise no, for a select, a select few of our core friends. So, It's up to Phil. We'll leave it at that, then. We'll leave it a surprise. Okay, Phil, 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 do you have enough of a surprise for the whole class? No, not the whole class. Like the, the core group of our friends, yes, absolutely. We made sure. I don't know. It's your own personalized Fiji water bottle. That would be hilarious. She's good. What is this surprise? Do I know about it or no? No. It's the Fiji bottles. Yeah. Thanks, Katie. Is someone going to tell me at some point? You'll know when we hand it to you. I guess what? 10 days. No. Everyone gets a baby Don's python. Everyone. <laughs> uh, except everyone. You get a python. Get a python. Uh, man. Yeah, that's going to continue to be a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that wound, we're just going to continue to rub salt in it, buddy. That's It'll never heal. We keep picking at the scab. I'll get them eventually. It is what it is. What wound is this? Hmm? I, was, I was trying to be a dick, Billy. I really wasn't. <laughs> it's okay. I know you're trying to get me excited. I know. But yeah, uh, I think that uh, it, we just keep it secret. All right. We'll okay. find out. And dude, it is really close. Holy shit. Days, baby. <laughs> what day are you getting there, Phil? I will be there Friday afternoonish. I try and leave. I try and drop the dog off. My parents around nine o'clock. And that puts me in Stewart at about 10 o'clock. Figure about 30 minutes at Matt and Jamie's, just like packing the car up or whatever. And then three, three and a half hours north. All right. Well, I'm going to try to get you guys vendor badges if I can. Hell yeah. So you don't have to wait in the line. Because if you leave for any reason, if there's a line, you have to wait in it. And as people leave, you'll have to yeah. do that. So Yeah. See what happens. And then, uh, and then, uh, whatever. Regardless of badges or not, um, I'm gonna get into the hotel, 
I'll probably check in the room, drop the gear off, and then if you and Anita need help, I'll be there doing nothing. So I'm confused. Is that the surprise? No. No, you're not going to know what the surprise is until you're there. Surprise don't Sorry, surprise till you get there. And the surprise, the surprise is nothing crazy, but it's cool. Well, apparently it's crazy enough to be a surprise. Like Phil, is it going to be another scorpion? No, it's not alive. <laughs> no, it's not going to fly. It's not alive. Don't worry. It's nothing live. Nothing live. Oh, There's no blood. I know the one that could kill me died. So that's depressing. It's a bug. So I found out today. I need to send an email to double check, but uh, one of my buddies I talked to today said that they possibly let you set up on Thursday. Oh, nice. So if I could set up Thursday when we get there, that'll be so easy. Yeah. So hopefully that works out. Yeah, and then uh, Dominique says that her and Carly are flying in Thursday afternoon. So yeah, we'll see you guys. Because like, because me, Matt, and Jamie, we're all we all work Thursday. But oh, you know what? I can't come Thursday night because I don't have the hotel room for Thursday night. Fuck. I'll just see you Friday. See you Friday, buddy. See you Friday. On that note, I'm going to bed. All right, Phil. Good night, everyone. Thanks for watching. Good night. Take it easy.